Friday, September the 9th, 2021. NFL is back. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We will talk a little bit about the Thursday night football game. What a entertaining game to kick off the season. A little sloppy in places here and there, but scoring, Brady, the Cowboys, a little bit of everything, uh, some bad calls, some uh, drops, just huge moments. We'll talk all about that in a minute, and then we will get into NFL Week 1, every single game discussed, previewed with Eric E. Toff, 2-1 Sports. will hang out with me and talk about every game of the NFL season coming up this year, and uh, we get through all of Week 1 right here on That's What G Said. Let's get into some Friday racing. We'll get Friday Woodbine, then Saturday there's some uh, cool stakes up at Century Mile, in, including a graded stakes. Awesome card at Kentucky Downs. We're going to hit up that Saturday card. Even a little Sunday Kentucky Downs. I'll throw in a couple best bets for Sunday Kentucky Downs. And then we get into wrestling with Chad Cooper. The news, SmackDown, AEW, Raw, NXT. We discuss everything happening in the world of wrestling. Recaps of all the shows. Uh, positives, negatives, you name it. We got it. We don't pull any punches. We'll give uh, criticism where it's due. We'll give praise where it's due. And that ends the show, Wrestling with Chad Cooper. Of course, this show is presented by BetterThan.Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at BTVBets. They have giveaways every single night where they will pick a bet, a wager, a parlay, a prop. And if you follow along and if you help retweet some of the uh, the polls and some of the posts out there, you can get an opportunity to win that money. If the bet hits, you get the money. They'll send it right to you. Better Than Dot Vegas is a website that provides a ton of free content for everyone out there. Videos from all sorts of different handicappers and gamblers all around the world. Everybody is trying to help you make money. We're all trying to help each other make money there, sharing all sorts of insight, analysis. Um, in fact, right now, the BTV Bets Twitter will have live streams leading up to. Every Monday night game, starting at 7 o'clock Eastern, every Monday night football game. Every Thursday night football game, at 7 o'clock Eastern time, leading up to the Thursday night football game. Then on Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, there's going to be a show where we have to pick five games of the week to agree on to enter the big contest at Circa. And it's uh, two of the handicappers from Better Than Vegas, Blackjack and Leo. And then I host it and try to pick, uh, I have to try to keep that show on the rails. Then every Sunday, Sunday morning, there's a show at 10 o'clock Eastern time, a fantasy show. I host the 11 o'clock show with Blackjack with Eric, who you hear on this show every week with Brian, Beho. We all are going to go through the full Sunday slate. That'll be this week. Follow on Twitter. If you follow me, it's me, Gino B. You'll get that link. It'll come out immediately at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. So there is a lot happening. And we're at betterthan.vegas. Make sure to give them a follow at btvbets. 31-29. Tampa with the win. Cowboys take the lead, but a little too much time on the clock. And the time on the clock. You can't leave that time on the clock for Tom Brady. He is able to drive the Bucks down, and they kick a game-winning field goal. This was a fun opening night game. Because a lot of times, the first game or the first couple games of the year, they're a little ugly in that there's no scoring. This game, they went up and down. The offenses looked really, really good. The The defenses, obviously, were just getting picked on here. A couple, as in a, in a close game like this, 
there are, you know, people will lean to a, a play where it looked like Chris Godwin may have pushed off towards the end, but there are so many little things that, you know, could have made this game go either way. Dak Prescott threw the ball 58 times coming off that injury. So if you thought they were going to ease him back into it and just hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, we were dead wrong, anyone who thought that. 58 passing attempts. He was 42 of 58 for 403 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. He got sacked once. Brady threw the ball 50 times himself. 32 of 50, 379 yards, four touchdowns, two picks for Brady, but the picks weren't even his fault. And neither one of these teams could run the ball. And, And honestly... They didn't even really try. Dallas had 18 carries for 60 yards. Zeke only had 11 carries for 33 yards. And then Tampa had a total of 14 carries for 52 yards. Fournette had 9 and Ronald Jones only had 4. After there was an early fumble from Jones and then another one from Godwin. Both fumbles lost. There was a huge drop from Fournette. Another big drop from Evans, then on the other side, CeeDee Lamb had three just bad drops that all would have been key plays. But from a fantasy perspective, it was a a sexy kind of game because you had your your receivers for on both sides. Amari Cooper, 13 catches for 139 yards. Amari Cooper was targeted 16 times in this game. CeeDee Lamb was targeted 15 times. He had seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. Michael Gallup got hurt early. So, towards the end of the game, Dallas and, and Dak were really peppering uh, Amari and CeeDee. On the Tampa Bay side, it was Antonio Brown who had the big game. But they also had two receivers over 100 yards. I, I, I mean, realistically, you could say there were three of them that had a big game. Because Gronk had the two touchdowns. He had the eight catches for 90 yards. And he looked Gronk unstoppable. Eight catches and eight targets. Godwin had nine catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown, five catches and a touchdown. He had 121 yards. Mike Evans had a couple drops. He didn't look very good tonight, whether he was banged up or just kind of seemed a little disinterested. Up and down game. As good of a game as you know, football, the NFL could have hoped for on opening night to get everybody excited about this season coming up. This was a good one. But remember, keep in mind, who knows what it's going to be like a few weeks from now, it's really hard to take what we're going to see on this Monday night, like open, or on this Thursday night opening game of the year, and really use it for what ends up, you know, what these teams look like in five weeks. Greg Zierlein missed a couple of kicks that could have changed the entire complexion of the game. Missed two field goals. One of them was from sixty, but he did miss an extra point, and and all every point mattered in this situation. Fun. I said it a few times. Fun. Nobody could run the ball. Everybody had to just resort to just hucking it. Tampa with their four turnovers to Dallas is one. But then again, Dallas had some key drops. There was a penalty or two that felt like they may have gone the other way. Dallas held the ball longer. But is, but on uh, a lot of the, the total yards and yards statistics were, were pretty similar. Dallas was 9 of 17 on third down. Tampa was 5 of 11. Total yards were, I mean, right there, 451 to 431. They both had 13 drives. Tampa had 6.7 yards per carry. Dallas just under 6, 5.9. I mean, and, and nobody could run the ball. Both teams were excelling throwing the ball. Turnovers, a couple of big penalties, fumbles lost. 
all missed field goal, all things that just added to a very intriguing opening night game. And guess what? We got 15 more of those coming up over the next few days, and we are now going to get into NFL Week 1 with Eric. So the very first minute or two of this might sound a little bit goofy because Eric and I recorded this last night. So we we recorded this on Wednesday night, and we actually did talk a little bit about the Thursday night game, but when I I ended up doing another interview and, and putting a couple other things together, so I decided just to wait till after the game. And so I cut out the part where we talked about the Thursday night game because game's over now. So if it seems a little wonky in the first minute or so, it's just because I cut that part out. And then we get right into everything with the Sunday games. Now, keep in mind, when we recorded this too, we, we talked a little bit about the Monday night game. And now we know that there's a couple big injuries for Baltimore with Edwards and with Peters, both going to be out for the entire year. So I will be hosting that live stream if you follow me on Twitter at it's me Gino B or at BTV Bets, that live stream will be on Monday, seven Eastern. So we'll really get into everything for that Monday night football game. We'll talk about all the news, who is going to be, you know, looking to get the bulk of the carries there. We'll we'll have a few more days to kind of figure out maybe who's gonna who looks like they're gonna be getting uh getting the ball. Apparently Baltimore is uh about to bring in Latavius Murray. They also have Le'Veon Bell. And Devonte Freeman on their practice squad, so they're gonna take some swings with a lot of different veterans, and hope maybe one of them can connect. So just a few little notes there before we get into uh, the conversation with Eric, since we did record this on uh, on Wednesday evening. Now, starting from now on, I'll uh, probably have conversations with Eric every Thursday night. We both talked about it because Wednesday and Thursday are really key days. For the NFL during the week as far as getting information, injury and stuff. So we'll probably end up recording our full week previews late later Thursday night. So we can get as much information as possible Thursday. And then everything will be out by uh, by Friday a.m. You'll be able to, to have a few days to listen to everything and get all prepped for the weekend. Let's get into Sunday week one NFL. We are here week one of the NFL Eric, he talked 2-1 sports. Uh, you've heard him here all the time now, weekly for the last couple of years. And now it is time, Eric, for NFL. And we get a little uh, extra NFL this year, too, with the, an additional game. So we're recording this Wednesday night, a little before the Thursday night game. We're only going to like briefly touch on the Thursday game, and we'll spend more time on that because a lot of you probably won't get a, lot, a, tough, a chance to hear this before that. Um, but I will be previewing that Thursday game over at BTV Bets on Twitter if you want to follow along. You can get a, a more detailed information there. And sometimes Eric has some, uh, some uh, free time. He'll be joining us there on Thursdays, maybe Mondays, but every Sunday on BTV Bets and every week here on That's What G Said. Eric, are you set, man? We got uh, 16 games. To this. Oh, my God. Like, I have spots for ZFS. I have a couple bets locked in. Not that be a little week one, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Monday. Now we will get into the rest of the Sunday slate, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Monday night game also. Uh, first game we're going to talk about is Pittsburgh versus Buffalo, two teams that were very good. Last year, and uh, Pittsburgh started off 11-0. Then they tailed off. They had that first-round loss, uh, playoff loss to the Browns. They have a bunch of new pieces on the offensive line. And as of right now, Watt still hasn't still hasn't reported, right? Did he report today on Wednesday? Not, not I've been pushing all day. Not that I've been and, I, and I'll check again because I was looking all through a lot throughout the day. But 
If he has, he hasn't taken any snaps yet coming in. He hasn't been practicing with them. I mean, he physically he's going to be in shape and he'll be fine. But it's just it's a rhythm thing, and they're going to have three new offensive line starters. PF Pro Football Focus had them as the 31st ranked offensive line. We're talking about two rookies here. We have an 18th year quarterback behind a bad offensive line. We have a new offensive coordinator too. So he's going to be trying to figure some things out with these new pieces. And you've got three total rookies on offense because you've got a new offensive couple on the offensive line and a running back. So think about that. You got an older quarterback behind a bad offensive line. A couple of them are rookies. The running back is also young, very talented, but also brand new. And the one thing that I keep reading all throughout the offseason, Eric, about this Bills team in particular is they really, really, really want to focus on putting more pressure on the quarterback. They drafted two DNs in the first two. Uh, they drafted defensive ends in the first two rounds this year. They got a couple returning from injury. They plan on having a lot of fresh D, uh, DBs they can, you know, get in and out and press the quarterback there. This really feels like, you know, it's been a point of emphasis for them. So if they're going to be trying really hard to get after a quarterback, bad, it just seems like that's a bad formula and a bad matchup on paper for this Pittsburgh team. Um, yeah, I I have the Steelers' offensive line in my rankings rated by far the worst. Bills definitely went out. They got some talented young pass rushers that really feels like it improved that front um, front four and be able to generate some pressure. This is just a mismatch. I really think this game is going to open up. I've been really low on the Steelers team. You have been really low on the Steelers team, but for whatever reason, their fans, some of the media are really high in them. I think this game is really going to open up a lot of people's eyes to the issues that this team has. About J.J. Watt, per Steeler Nation on Twitter, he was a full participant in practice today. Um, uh, Steelers defense, they lost two of their top three corners. They're they're going against an, an explosive passing attack, one of the best passing attacks in the league in the Bills. I think the Brills, like, murder them. I think it's, I mean, there's always a threat of a back door with the number. I think it's at six and a half right now. I think you jump on it now before it gets to any higher. Because if it goes up to seven, still fine. But once you get to seven and a half, because that's when things get tricky. The Bills could play well, beat them up, and they could get a garbage time score late. But if this thing stays under the seven or at the seven, um, the Bills were just awesome last year. They won their last six games. They lost in the AFC title game. Josh Allen was incredible. And he doesn't have to be even as good. Uh, they the Bills beat Pittsburgh the last two years, and one other thing, this is going to be the first time in what like a in since in two years that they're going to have full capacity for Bills Mafia. <laughs> so this crowd is going to be nuts with a terrible offensive line. So that could be. False starts they could have a tough Time figuring things out You got a brand new offensive coordinator Who's trying to figure things out calling the plays Really for the first time you know you Got a rookie running back who might be A little uh, like a little jittery out there if, if if you know all of a sudden there's a false start Or two and then you get a fumble they're just it, it, the, the recipe does not Feel good for Pittsburgh in this Game yeah I mean the that Bills Mafia crowd is going to be loud. There's going to be, like you said, a lot of false cards. Is Harris going to be p- able to pick up the uh, block protection with all that noise? It's just, it's this game has disaster, like I said, right all over it. And they lost um, Dupree. Is Highsmith going to be able to help generate pressure? Because if Highsmith can't generate pressure, the rookie they drafted, I believe, out of Charlotte, 
they're just going to be, everyone's just going to be able to double watt. And once you double watt, there's no pressure. I, like I said, I think this game's just a blow. If you can get the seven, I would take it. I personally haven't bet it, but anything under the seven, I definitely like the, uh, the, the Buffalo bills. side. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. As we move along to, uh, jets at the Panthers. So I've mentioned a few times that I am, uh, I'm high on the Panthers this year overall. Um, as a team, I think I think they're going to be just better than they should. I think they have a, a fighting chance to make it in the playoffs, and so this is a a game that you got to come out and win. And the number has moved; it was at five, it was at five and a half ish uh, just a couple days ago. Now it's down to Carolina minus four and a half. I see, and I believe the total is what forty four and a half there. So you got Sammy Darnold playing against his old team. Um, you got a healthy CMC for the Panthers. You got second-year head coach Matt Rule, and what what I like about this situation, Erica, even is he didn't get an opportunity last year with a full training camp to kind of implement his system to do all the things he wanted. They had all those COVID issues and restrictions, and so it wasn't he didn't really get to come and kind of put his his you know imprint on the program quite yet. And I think with you know with the full camp this year, and you bring in. A quarterback it's kind of like when you're a college Coach and you get your guy you recruit your guy They were able to bring someone in even if Sam I don't think he's going to be the greatest In the world he just has to not make a ton Of mistakes because this is going to be A CMC offense And and, and it should he's one of the most talented Players in the league you want to feed him you want to Get the ball in his hands too little uh, You know and that that's one thing where I think Sam will do pretty Well in this offense is that's the kind Of thing USC does a lot Little screen passes, little touch passes So those are things that he ha- he's actually been very successful at Even years ago And if the- he's just able to get the ball out I guess in this game, you know, I, I gotta like Carolina That number feels like Carolina should win this game by a touchdown If they're as good as I think they are So, um, I, you know, that that's that's an okay number For, for you know, if, if I like them And I think we both feel like the Jets are going to be Just better this year I think they're they, you at least feel like they have a plan and they're kind of moving in the right direction. They are. Um, I think this game could be closer. I think the Jets are going to actually play this one a little bit closer. Um, the strength of the Panthers' offensive line is the interior. Uh, John Miller, their starting right guard, is on the COVID list, so he's out. So Yeah, and that's the strength of the got, Jets, yeah, the D-line. Yeah, yeah, so you already got a backup going in there. I'm a little concerned about that. The Jets are starting a rookie who is, and I'm spacing on his name, of course, a rookie. He was drafted in the sixth round, and he's going to be the guy who's guarding Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson right now is 5,700 on DraftKings. I am definitely going to be invested in DraftKings and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson could have an insane game, and there's also the revenge angle narrative in fantasy, so I'm definitely interested in Robbie Anderson. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. At the end of the day, I'm just not a Sam Darnold guy. I mean, we no, talked no, about yeah, this and, and I don't, and I don't think and, that's the thing. Like, I like just, the team and their situation and the schedule. Like, this is a winnable game for them. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter but, whoever their quarterback was, whether it was Sam Darnold or anyone. Like, they should be able to win this game. You know, you're at home, you're playing against a quarterback who's never started in the league before, and they're not that talented over there. And I, they've got a couple of these on their schedule. So if this was, if you insert Teddy Bridgewater here, I would have felt the same way about this team. This this year in particular with just a healthy CMC and the way their schedule looks I as a USC guy people probably think oh I'm sure you love Darnold and I, I even when he came out of college I never was I never thought he would be a franchise guy 
he there are some issues that he had in college that he's just kind of carried with him too. He turns the ball over a lot. He kind of has small hands. He's a he's really tough, and he's like a gamer. You know, I like if 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 he gets in the in like a good mode and he gets in the good. I, I just he never really had a shot with Gay, so I'm willing to give him a little bit of a you know a second shot. I just I don't love. The first game of the year with them, I could be wrong. Like, this is one of those, like, underdog teams that you like, you feel for. And sometimes with these teams, you're dead wrong, you know? Um, and, like, because also preseason, we have to remember, and this is why my betting card for week one is always, like, really small. Light, it's very light. so vanilla. And we don't know, like, what wrinkles from the Brady's first-year offense in the NFL, yep. what he's going to change. I love Joe Brady. I wish the Lions would have hired him as an offensive cater, according, uh, sorry, head coach. Instead of Dan Campbell, it's just at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to lay four and a half points with Sam Darnold as my quarterback when you have an injury to a key part of your offensive line, um, and then you're, like you said, you have a Zach Wilson who's bet, who looks better than I thought he was going to look, but he's still a rookie making his That's first a, that start. That was a preseason. Yeah, road. I agree. He looked better I than I thought. To me, there's just this is just. I'm just sitting it's back. Just, it's kind I'm of a stay yeah. away individually. Yeah. I just want to see. Yeah, I want to see. I can't invest it at the, like, and four is another kind of like a deadish number. Four and yeah. a half. It is weird. So like kinda, under yeah. under six, I'd still lean Panthers, and then once it got to six and over, I would definitely lean Jets. But I don't. I don't feel even as a guy who likes the Panthers this year, I just don't feel a demand to really like play this game individually. I'm just kind of. I hope that I see the Panthers. Look better and and improve. Like I think they will be a little bit the year, this year, and, and you know that's. But the that's over kinda... of forty five is tempting, though. The over of forty five is very tempting because mm-hmm. I think both these defenses aren't that good, and I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And we have to remember, there's always that re- revenge game narrative with Darnold and Anderson. So I could see this being a highly score, a high scoring competitive game. And actually, Anderson's already mentioned that too. Which is kind of funny. He even said, like, he's really excited for this one. This is one that he circled. And, um, yeah, he yeah. Have a six round rookie guarding him. I mean, right. And, and he Wilson could, like, just go off. And, like you said about Wilson, he's looked good enough to at least be garbage time capable of slinging it around, you know, like at least picking up a garbage time touchdown or two. If for some reason they, they're just really bad again and they're behind in these games. So that's something to keep an eye on with them because it looks like he can move the ball a little bit. So, uh, Robert Sala. New head coach, uh, Kevin Coleman, Corey Davis, a couple of new pieces that they have uh, over there. And like you said, their defensive front is pretty good, and the Panthers' offensive line is not. So that will be a key matchup to keep an eye on in this game. We get to the main event of the week, Jags at Texans, right? <laughs> we get a, <laughs> just a, a terrible game here, man. And you have these two teams that just, you know, the Jags, are, I'm sure, are excited because you've got a young quarterback and you probably have your franchise quarterback, but... Wow, a lot of the word and a lot of the vibe coming out of their camp hasn't been great about, you know, Herb and you know, Meyer and what he's been doing. And a lot of these pro players are like, he's treating us like college kids. And, you know, you, you lose a running back that you used a high draft pick on also. Um, then you got the Texans who don't know what the hell is going on with Watson, who now is demanded to be traded. They, you know, they're not, he's not going to play for them. They're just kind of trying to get a clean slate to figure out what to do. And they're just going to, you know, try to run the ball. They've got Tyrod Taylor starting, and they've got a bunch of running backs. It's like a hodgepodge of running backs that they got this year. It's Philip Lindsay, I think Mark Ingram, uh, David Johnson are all there in the mix. 
DC Lovey Smith He wants to force some turnovers So they're going to switch uh, to the 4-3 And uh, Bradley Roby He got traded I believe right today to the or, Saints. Yeah because yeah, he was serving the final game Of uh, suspension so he can't play the first game Anyways you know the Texans Last year like Everybody could run on you and I Could suit up and run on them they were so Bad against the run they have to be Just a little bit better against the run But ah, these are Two teams that are just uh, I mean they're kind of bad both of them I mean one of my point one of my rules Is never Lay points when you have a rookie Quarterback making his first start And as mu- as good as I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be in this league That's the situation I it's mean, up to this, plus this three game, now is like a pure stay away for me. I respect Lovey Smith. I think he's a great defensive mind. I think he's going to throw stuff at Lawrence. It wouldn't surprise me if Lawrence struggles and the Texans do cause some turnovers. Yep. I will, uh, in my millionaire maker lineup this weekend, I will actually have the Texans defense at 2100 starting just because I'm trying to get a couple turnovers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Get, with a good defensive coordinator and a rookie quarterback, but in terms of betting, like, I this is another game like I can't bet and I'm not gonna advise people to bet at three I absolutely take the it, at three and a half I for sure take the Texans at three I'm thinking a lot about it but if you get the three and a half at home I just they the Texans at the very least with this team like they're not going to be good but you know Tyrod Taylor and Philip Lindsay or David Johnson or whoever those like they're fine NFL players. Like Tyrod Taylor is not a good quarterback, but he's a backup quarterback. Like he's a player that's played in the NFL. He's been there. They've done this. They they could be miserably awful, but I mean, even like Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is kind of funny. When you look in at his stats, he's better than you think he is. You know, he's a little bit more consistent, and he doesn't get hurt like he's like a lot of people sort of think he does too. So there are actually some players on this team what what Houston's kind of did done this year is they did sort of like a um like a money ball hey we're going to just get a bunch of these older veterans and kind of throw some stuff at the wall and maybe one or two of them stick uh, so you know they can move the ball a little bit the you just don't know what you're going to get from this Jags team and, and Urban Meyer I really don't know they could have nine starters back from week 1 of 2020 on offense which is really Nice. They look like they have a healthy offensive line, but I think the Jags' offensive line is a little better than people think. I yeah, think that, they're pretty good. Be able to, able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. But your comment, you made it in the head. Like football is, you have to be motivated. Your head coach has to motivate you. So when shit is going hitting the fan, you have to be willing to step up, go in the trenches, and compete. With all these issues going on and co- players already complaining about Urban Meyer, when push comes to shove. Are they going to get down and dirty? Do a little extra for this guy that you don't even... You you haven't bought it yet. Maybe in week... If you win the first three or four games and what this guy's been selling you works, hey, then these guys might be laying down their bodies week five or six. You know? Yeah. Because you win, then people start buying in. But if you lose this week, especially if you lose to a Texans team where you're favored on the... Like, the Jags ain't going to be favored in that many situations this year. Not at all. Not, Not at all. And I mean, like, honestly, like, these are probably two of the three worst teams in the league. If they don't yeah. win this game, God only knows when they're going to win this game. They'll Someone play each other it. one more time this year. And uh, what's what's funny is that there's like a prop for a tie. If there's a prop for a tie, <laughs> I may throw just a little bit on that. Twenty bucks on it. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, if it's like fifteen or twenty to one, I, I'd do that just 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 for giggles. But yeah, that'd be the only thing I'd do. We move to the Cardinals at the Titans, and this game is stayed in the vicinity of three over the last couple of days. I think the over under now is up to fifty two and a half. It was a bit fifty two. Uh, is that fifty two a couple of days ago? So the Cardinals, these two teams both had really good starts the year last year. Cardinals started five and two, and then they were still six and four through their first ten games. And in those ten games, Kyler had twenty six hundred yards passing, sixty eight percent completion percentage. He had six hundred and nineteen yards rushing. He had nineteen passing touchdowns and ten rushing touchdowns. That was his first ten games. They were six and four. Then he got banged up a little bit. Teams start banged up, and with Kyler too, you you play teams the second time through. You know you can run a little bit. They they know you know a, a little bit better idea of how to stop you. Um, you know, the the wear and tear on a running quarterback throughout the you know throughout the year. So that's probably something that he's going to have to be dealing with forever. You know that's not that won't be just that year. But his last six games, they were two and four, uh, thirteen hundred yards. 65% completion percentage dropped down a little bit. He had uh, f- seven touchdowns and only f- and four interceptions. He only had 200 yards rushing. He had five fumbles, and he only had one rushing touchdown in those last six games. And that was, to me, what could tell you could tell he was really hurt because that's that's when him and Lamar and even Allen when when it's third down and fourth down and they make the big run into the end zone. You know, to 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 score, or th- that's where you really get the advantage with them. They can extend those plays, and you didn't see that from him towards the end of the year. And I do not think much of Cliff Kingsbury. I gotta say, he he to me is just one of the, from what we've seen so far, he's been one of the worst in-game management decision-making coaches. We do get a you know maybe a little bit of a stronger defense for this Arizona team. They only had one defensive lineman play in all uh, 16 games last year, and he's not even there anymore. So you have a brand new D-line major questions there, but you do have uh, you know, a, a, some solid vets here that you brought in. You did bring in Watt. You did bring in uh, Hudson, A.J. Green. Who knows what you're going to get from him if he's even around. But they have some question marks with the corner uh, cornerbacks too, Eric, because Malcolm Butler just retired. Uh, Robert Alford hasn't played a, a down in the regular season since 2019 And Mario uh, Wilson is a rookie Murphy is a stud But he needs a little bit of help They were projected as the number 22 secondary Even with Malcolm Butler And now he's out They got some young linebackers here I'm not really high on this team They might be a fun fantasy team You know Hopkins and uh, and Kyler And maybe one of their running backs Ends up being okay And catch some passes out of the backfield I just I think they're in a tough division too. I don't. I'm not too high on the Cardinals this year. I'm not high on them at all. I really think they're going to struggle. This game to me has so many question marks. You yeah. look at the Cardinals' point of view. They play that wide nine system, which forces the linebackers. So that's going to be Collins, the rookie from um, oh my god, Tulsa, and Simmons, the second year player from Clemson, to be able to come up and fill the lanes against Derrick Henry, is one of the better backs in the league. Are they going to be able to do that? I have no idea. Like I, because they are so young. Are they like were they able to pick up on it or not? I mean, that's going to be a big thing. We could. I watched all their preseason games. I I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Just to be honestly honest with you. You hit the nail on the head. 
This back four has a lot of questions. Julio Jones is a walking hamstring issue, so I don't want nothing to do with him. But it is possible A.J. Brown to go off. You look at the Titans side. Yeah, Titans, in like a week. You're right. For like from a fantasy year long, it's hard to invest like a high draft capital in Julio. But in a situation like this, if he feels okay and you've got him and Brown out there against a really unproven secondary, they could feast on them. They could. They could, but I don't know. Like he's banged up again. He was on. You never know. But yeah, they, they awesome. both they both were coming and into then, the, in any terms, and Brown's coming off a of surgery too. Yeah. So I was very tentative on on I think from a in a few weeks, if they're healthy, they're gonna be a very good NFL offense, but it might be a difficult projecting from like a fantasy standpoint. Is it Brown? Is it Jones? Or is it a day that you're feeding Henry? You know, so I I kind of you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do with a lot of them from a fantasy perspective early on in the year. Um, their, their secondary has a lot of questions. Also, the, the Titans. Exactly. They drafted um the kid from Vitek. They brought in some new people. Um, Vrabel's Jenkins no and Farley. Yep. I think. Yep. Um, Vrabel's no longer calling plays. Different play caller now from the defensive end. Um, they lost Arthur Smith. I'm a, I'm a big Artie guy. I mean, what yeah. Artie did. I mean. At the end of the day, the NFL coaching world is a good old boys club. You got to know somebody to get in, or you have to work your ass off to get in. And the fact Arthur Smith was able to do that with zero connections to anyone in coaching speaks volumes about how good of a coach this guy is. I think the Titans are going to miss them. I mean, you look at Tannehill's efficiency last year. It was the what was it? it was the awesome third? I mean, it was like it was either the third. Um, Fewest passing attempts and the eighth most touchdowns. Incredible. That's insane. It's hard to replicate the that. Fa- yeah, the fact he was that efficient with Arso- Arthur Smith a couple years in a row, I don't know if that he's going to be able to do that. They have questions on the back four. Are they going to be able to generate a pass rush? Um, and then Tannehill missed time because of COVID. I yeah, mean, he just I got back. Like, how just his, got back. How's his timing? How's his health? It's a great point. You know, Monday. Just, so just got mind- back Monday. Just two yeah, days so far is- now. So there's just this is one of the games where I want to bet the Titans. If this was two and a half, I want to bet the Titans. I said this yep. before when we talked, but there's just so many questions. I don't want to be in a situation week one where I shoot my load with my money and I have no money for the rest of the season. So unfortunately, this is another game. I just got to sit back. I'm not going to invest in all. I do think the Titans win, though, however, though, because I think unity wise, they're more of a team. Yep. That number is the key for me. If it's same sort of thing. Um, if it's three or two and a half, I'm absolutely on the Titans. Once you start getting up to three and a half, no, thank you. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. A lot of the the Titans, why I think they'll be a, a fine team this year is just because that division's so bad too. And you know, Air, the thing about Arizona is offensively, they th- this they. Sh- they're going to be scoring a lot of points throughout the year I feel like with Arizona and because we have The question marks about their defense also This could be a total Shootout back and forth that number is High and it keeps creeping up high but I feel pretty confident that both of these teams Will move the ball and score and I Have major question marks about both Of these teams on the defensive side So um, Might be an okay no DFS Game if you want to grab one or two here uh, You know to, to look At but uh Cardinals, Titans, anything around, uh, you know, over three, I stay away. 
If it's uh, three to under, I, I lean in Titans, but yeah, not in love with this game, but definitely uh, leaning on the Titans side. Yeah, just way too many questions. Sometimes, sometimes the best bet is no bet. Five straight winning seasons for them. Quietly been been pretty pretty good recently, trying to get back to the playoffs for the third straight time. And their offensive line could have four of their five returning starters from week one, which could uh, help them quite a bit. We move along to the Eagles at the Falcons. This game is now Falcons minus three. It was in the three and a half range the other day, crept down a little bit. The Eagles with a new head coach, Nick Sirianni. Falcons with new head coach Arthur Smith Who you were just discussing so we have Two new head coaches against each other Which is really interesting both of them You know they can kind of Get an idea of what the other Will do in in one sense Or maybe for one side of the ball But as far as overall Might be a little difficult to kind of Handicap what the other head coach's Tendencies are going to be as a head coach Because it could be a little different So new head coach you've got a New not new-ish quarterback Jalen Hurts started last year But the, the jury is really still out on him Is he a starting NFL quarterback Or was he just someone who looked a little bit better Than a, a very much struggling Wentz Because there was no film on him He could move his feet a little bit more When there was a bad offensive line there Now this offensive line should be better this year Andre Dilliard and Brooks Who missed all of 2020 are back So they should really help this unit The problem with the Eagles for It feels like about five years now Has just been There always seem to be so many big, big injuries At major positions for them Are they deep enough at wide receiver? You know, the backfield They have a couple of okay backs You know, I'm not I don't know how good Sanders is I, I don't know and the tight end situation Is kind of weird Goddard's good but You know Ertz is still in the mix over there I just don't think they're very good If this thing creeps to Two and a half or even at three I'm, I'm Definitely on the Falcon side and New DC Dean Pease also With pressure packages so that offensive Line better be ready to rock because The Falcons seem like they're embracing This dirty birds we want to put Pressure we want to be a, a You know a tough defense and maybe run the ball Kind of uh you know they want that to be their reputation. So uh, this game at three right now, the total is it still at forty eight? Um, I'm looking at DK right now. It's at forty forty eight and a half. Forty nine. Okay, so yeah, in that in that range, uh, where do you stand in this one? This is one of the games I actually have a bet on. I love the Atlanta Falcons though. Um, I think Dean Peens is going to come in. He's going to have this defense. Flying all over, they're really going to be able to create some turnovers, and this is what he does. He's able to come up with game plans um, to give a young, inexperienced quarterback. Too bad in one of the leagues we're in together, I'm going to be starting him, but I think Hurts is going to struggle mighty this game. I locked in the minus three. Also, this Eagles defense is a freaking nightmare that can't stop anything. At all, especially in that back four. I think Ridley's going to have a huge game. I really think if you're looking to um, chase after the millionaire maker, this is a game you definitely stack. You definitely do like a Ryan Ridley, um, Ridley Gage maybe yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Ryan Ridley and then like run it back with Miles Sanders, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Like have like some sort of stack there and you could win some money in DK because I think this is going to be a really high scoring game. A lot. I think the Falcons defense is going to be able to. Um, get some turnovers. Eagles will get some garbage time points to make that DK total go up. But this is definitely in. I got. Uh, I locked in the Falcons minus the three here. Yep, you get the uh, 
little running back depth with with Wayne Gallman, who's a fine, you know, backup running back to have, you know, and, to. I mean, Matt Ryan's good. I mean, I really think people forget, like, yeah, he's a he's a good, good quarterback. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is. I mean, if you look, I think it's over the last fifteen years, the quarterbacks on a non-rookie deal that led a team to the Super Bowl are Eli, Peyton, Brady, and Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? So. Ryan, I think, yeah, Ryan's a lot better than people realize. I think he's going to be able to eat this secondary up of the Eagles. We move along to Chargers at the Washington football team. And we've talked a little bit about the football team in the offseason. They uh, host the Chargers here. So it's a home game for Washington. And they are plus one now on FanDuel. This thing has been teetering back and forth between Chargers minus one and Washington minus one. You're getting a little plus money now with Washington. Four first-round D-line picks in a row for this team. They've got the D-rookie of the year, Chase Young. And you get Fitzpatrick, who improves the quarterback play. Terry McLaren making a third season, coming off of a, a year last year where he had over 1,100 yards receiving. You get Logan Thomas, who also had a breakout year uh, last year for them as a tight end. A second-year running back. A second-year head coach with this team. And the same thing I was saying with a lot of these coaches that were in new situations last year. They didn't get a camp. Think about what what Ron Rivera had to deal with last year. He comes into this team. He's got COVID issues. He's got cancer himself. And he has no quarterback. Haskins was acting like a child. And and just doing some absurd things throughout the year. He wasn't there when they wanted to put him back in the game one time. And then he was just very immature. They had their third string quarterback in there. I mean, you couldn't have had more problems. As a coach personally And then just overall With what was happening in the world And he still got this team together And they played Tampa better than Any team in the playoffs And they may not be The best team in the NFC Eric But if you if you're looking for a team With the template To beat Tampa or even a team Like Kansas City or any of the Really good teams in a one game situation They have it because they're the type of team because they have the defense that can just disrupt any team that is a good offense and make your life miserable. And that's kind of the key. The strength of the football team is obviously their defense. Now you look at the Chargers. Offense is all about timing. Herbert didn't play at all in the in the preseason. No preseason games. No Eckler. No Slater. Um, in fact, no one really from the offensive line played. Four play. new starters on the offensive line. I really think this Chargers team is going to look rough this week one. Yep. Just because they haven't played with each other. And all their timing is going to be gone. They never I do well them. traveling either like this. This isn't a good spot game. I know it's just the first game of the year, so it's not like... But this is... They've never done well historically in this situation. This I like this Washington spot a and lot this, this week. This this reminds me personally because last year I was high on the Browns. This year I'm I, I'm high on the Chargers. Last year the Browns went um week one, they went to the Ravens and got absolutely Rushed. pounded. And I really expect this year the um Chargers are gonna go to the football team and they're gonna get absolutely pounded. I really see a lot of similarities with this game coming up to last game. Um with that being said, I locked in the football team. I think I got them at one and a half um, a couple days ago. I really like them here. With that yeah. being said, I'm really high on the Chargers offense. 
I think they're going to be good I too. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think Eckler is going to really struggle. If you guys could get someone in your fantasy football league to trade you for Eckler, I would totally do it. Um, and also I'd kind of look at some Chargers futures because a lot of these books are starting to post like after a week one, like Chargers make the playoffs or hell even Chargers win the West. I mean, cause you're going to get an inflated number. So I could def I would definitely look at something like that, but this game, I love Washington and that one's been locked in. Yeah, very much so. First time head coach Brandon Staley, only 38 years old. He's going to be replacing Anthony Lynn. I do think the chargers are good. It's just the matchup. It's a bad place to have to go on the road, start your season, a team that Washington kind of feels, they feel they got a lot of upside. Fitzpatrick's in there. They just feel like excited about this season right now with a lot of youth and a brand new offensive line. Give the Chargers a few weeks and they'll start to look a lot better. Uh, I I play against them this week. I'm taking Washington with you um as we head to 49ers at Lions. Um I mean the Lions we've talked about this is your team. They're not very good. And this is a game that I'm probably not going to play San Francisco, I wouldn't want to lay 7.5 on the road Because I just still don't really trust Jimmy G all that much But San Francisco, they're they're just a lot better of a roster overall Although the one thing that you, you, do, you have mentioned a few times is The Lions' offensive line is not bad It's actually pretty solid So they should be able to at least try to They, they shouldn't be getting overwhelmed by the 49ers in that sense If they can kind of just dink and dunk A little bit um, Swift healthy in this one now for this one According to Campbell Swift is, Swift is healthy So but I don't like The template for the Lions to win is this Run the ball control the line Keep the offense on the field Be able to create some sort of Pressure to Jimmy G And I just don't they don't really have anyone That can create pressure 49ers Line is a decent line It's toward, It's in the top 10 of the league The number at 7 screams To take the Lions but I just they're too young I yeah. don't like Dan Campbell as a coach I don't like Jared Goff as a quarterback The number says scream the Lions I just I just can't do it This is yeah, another just, unfortunately stay away Stay away from me total I, I, mean- love, I absolutely Love Brokey Monster though in fantasy though this I weekend, love him DFS yeah, I think he's going to be able to run all over this Lions team. Um, people may say Trace Trace Sermon, but you know it's a rookie. I don't really don't think a rookie's going to play that much unless it's an no. absolute blowout. I like Mozart a lot. Number says play the Lions, but I just I just can't do it. Can't Jared do it Gaff, Jared Goff in for the Lions. Stafford out. The young Lions D. It's going to be hard for them just dealing with a lot of the movement too that the Forty Niners throw at you. That that's. Where they might get in a little bit of trouble Pre-snap movement, misdirection I mean, I think their their average 20, age is like 24 24.6 years old They only have four players over 30 On their whole roster And yeah, I mean, um, they're, they, they're young and not good I mean, that's a bad yeah, combo They have, and the wide receivers They have one wide receiver that caught a pass for them in 2020 they're, Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's it's just a shit Just an absolute shit Um Shit, uh, wide receiver. It's, yeah. it's, it's bad. It's really Hawkinson bad. Is, is a stud, though. He he might be someone you can play from week to week in fantasy, especially against teams that aren't good in the linebackers or uh, in the middle that, that aren't good guarding the tight end. So keep an eye on that from week to week. But yeah, likely a stay away game for me here. 
We moved to Seattle at Indy. Uh, one team that's had a lot of problems. Your uh, your boy, <clears throat> the cooler Carson Wentz, a foot injury, then COVID. T.Y. Hilton, he's not going to be playing for a while. Who knows when he comes back? Nelson got hurt. He's back, but you know he had an injury already. The Eric Fisher. He, I think, just got activated from the COVID list, but who knows what kind of shape he's going to be in or if he will be ready to play. So that's that's a lot of problems for a team coming into the year. I mean, their their roster and their defense is pretty good. They have all six linebackers coming back. They have a strong backfield with Taylor, Monk, Hines, Wilkins. Somebody's going to have to be inactive every week. They can literally throw like four solid backs at you, and Taylor will lead the way, obviously. But... I, I don't know if I want to play Seattle on the, you know, right now on the road here. I think they're up to minus three. The total in this one is now crept up to 50. Seattle, you got the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. And the word is he's likely to let Russ cook a little bit more, try to get the ball out quickly. They you know, also have some new pieces on their defense, question marks about their secondary, but they do feel like Jamal Adams, he's fully healthy. They feel really good about his second year with Seattle. They brought in Trey Brown and, uh, they brought in Nigel Warrior, he's hurt Trey Brown, he's hurt But Dwayne Brown did get on the field And should be ready to rock for Sunday Any strong opinion? Seattle now minus three on the road at Indy The number one rule of betting You've got to play the numbers Seattle opened at two and a half, three That's a five, five and a half, six point point swing What's going on right here This is a pure stay away from me 100% Just because I don't know how Wentz's timing is. How much has he been practicing? Timing's going to be off because he was hurt, had the COVID issues like we've discussed numerous times. And then maybe, and then for the on the flip side, this is for me why it's to stay away. Like maybe he's okay because he knows Frank Reich. You know, yeah. like it's not like a brand new system for him. He knows this guy. Apparently, everything you read about, everything I, I looked into is that he was really practicing a lot with a lot of these like receivers and a lot of their the players in the offseason too, even before coming in, trying to get timing down. So maybe he's fine. I just don't know. I, with all of the question marks to me, it's just a total stay away. Yeah, because you have, can you trust Carson Wentz? And you don't want to play a bad number of Seattle because it's moved so much. So, I mean, you're right. It's a pure stay away. There's no no value right. on either side of my Yeah, my brand mind. new OC, too. So we don't know exactly what this what this offense is going to look like. You, you hear things, and the players seem excited about it, but you don't know. I, I'm staying away from, uh, from Seattle and Indy as we move to Vikings at the Bengals. So uh, this one is now Vikes minus three at Cincy. Over under is 47 and a half So for the Vikings their defense should be A little bit better Daniel Hunter's back uh, They bring in Patrick Peterson uh, Eric Kendricks is back Clint Kubiak Minnesota new offensive coordinator Kind of going to try to run the same system that his dad Did though last year so it shouldn't be all that Different but still new guy calling the plays I never know what to do with Kirk Cousins I just don't know you know he He's fine but The vaccination stuff who knows with some of these These QBs that's kind of the same thing with Wentz we got a stud Justin Jefferson last year who had 1,400 yards as a rookie, so we'll see what year two is like for him. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. already out for the Vikings. He's done for the year most likely, and you don't have Kyle Rudolph who's been around for a, a while, so they may be lacking a little bit the tight end position. Anthony Barr didn't take a ton of snaps in training camp, so uh, we'll see how the Vikes are. And you, you and I are – we we like – I think – Having these conversations like I like Burrow 
do did they do enough? Is that offensive line going to at least be able to duct tape themselves together to to you know to hold and and so they can move the ball here? See, I don't think we're going to be able to have an answer just because this Vikings defense sucks. You have two teams, yeah, that's a good call. with bad defensive and a shit ton of weapons on the offensive side. I'm worried about the injuries to the Vikings offensive line. As I've said before, when we've talked, losing Rick Dennison because he wouldn't get the COVID shot, that is going to be a huge loss for him. For those who don't know who Rick Dennison is, he is the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach. A couple of years ago, maybe six years ago, when freaking Isaiah Crowell was the leading rusher in the NFL, that was all Rick Dennison's zone blocky scene with the Jets. This guy's an insane coach. Didn't want to get the COVID shot. Got out of a job. I really think that's going to affect a lot of the weapons for the Vikings and planning the running game. I have two bets in this game. I locked over the over 47 and a half. Like I said, we have two shitty defenses playing against two good offenses with a lot of weapons. And I was able to get the Bengals at plus three and a half. Three and a half at home. When I have the better quarterback and a team with the more offensive weapons, this is a no-brainer for me. That's the number three. You know, you can go either way, but if you get three and a half and anything above, I think you absolutely take the Bengals. Um, They're they got a good group of wide receivers with uh, Chase, with Higgins, with Boyd. It's do or die time for head coach Zach Taylor. So I think you know he's going to start to feel a little bit of pressure this year. They had five starters last year. That had season-ending injuries, including their probably their two best players, Burrow and Mixon. And and that question was like, what the hell was up with Mixon last year? Right, such a weird year. He only played six games, and every week it was like, oh, he should be back next week. Oh, he should be back next week. Oh, he should be back next week. Uh, you know, and then nothing. But he did have back-to-back 1,100-plus yard seasons with you know 280 yards receiving in each one of them, and no more Gio Bernard. So you know maybe he gets a little more out of the the backfield passing the ball. Um, they did bring in Trey Hendrickson who had 13 and a half sacks last year with the saints. So that should help them on the defensive end a little bit. I lean. Yeah. I lean Bengals at two and a half. I wouldn't want them at three. I'm fine. Three and a half. Absolutely. I jump in. Yeah. I love them at three and a half and I love the over. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of points scored in this game. I think it's going to be up and down a lot. And like I said, home team three and a half with a better offensive weapons. I'm in all day. Let's move to the Dolphins at the Patriots. What number are you seeing on this one right now, Eric? I am seeing a three. Okay. Three for the Patriots. It's been pretty steady for the last couple of days. Pats minus three over under. Is it still in the 43 and a half range? That's where we've been. I have 43 and a half with juice to the, with juice to the over. So that's where it's been for a, a little bit now. You got the Dolphins year two Tua. If you've listened to a lot of our previews before, um, I'm not high on Tua, and I don't think you are. But year three, Brian Flores, I am high on him as a, as a head coach. He were five and eleven, then ten and six. Will Fuller is suspended for this game, um, and Austin Jackson and uh, tight end um, our uh, Adam Shalen uh, are both on the COVID list. Their offensive line was one of the worst already, and Jackson hasn't been good. But you just need a little bit of depth there. Their defense last year. Was number one in the league with 29 turnovers forced. They had eight games with multiple turnovers forced. That's so you. It never happens where where you replicate that. It just doesn't happen that well that way. You're you're gonna get the turnover regression. I mean, the writing's on the wall. You hit it in the head. Um, Austin Jackson is out because of COVID. 
So you're taking a starter from a bad offensive line and you're putting in his backup. That's going to hit the offensive line even worse against the Belichick defense. And the Patriots are getting a lot of people back. They didn't have a lot of people because of the COVID stuff that opted out last year. Um, I think the Patriots are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it by more than a field goal. I'm really hoping I can get a two and a half that it does dip back down that people do value Miami and I can get a better number at the three. I would, I'm definitely going to be taking the Patriots, but I'm just sitting back right now and kind of seeing the movement. And I've said it since he was in Alabama, two is not it. And I mean, the fact that they are rumored to trade for Deshaun Watson, that's basically telling you in the room what they think of Tua, because you're not going to give up. You're not going to offer two first round picks and two second round picks for a player that could possibly be suspended and never play again. If you have trust in your starting quarterback. I mean, that that's all you need to know about Tua. Can Miami run the ball? I mean, they have a bad offensive line. They were 22nd in rushing offense in 2020. And this Patriots defense is going to be a lot better this year. Remember how many COVID opt-outs they had last year? They brought in a lot of veterans. Now they added to their defensive line. They brought seven additions into their defensive line via free agency in the draft. And the defensive line is much different than the offensive line. With the offensive line, you want a ton of continuity. At the defensive line, you want talent, right? You want badasses there. You know, it's it's not you bring in a bunch of new pieces, and if they're better than who you had there last year, that's all that matters. With the offensive line, it's it's going to take work sometimes. When you you never really want to have four or five new pieces in um, with that unit. I think it's a lot different on the defensive side of the ball. This is going to be a much better D. Mac Jones in Cam out. Uh, Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry Who knows what's going to happen with those two tight ends I do like Damian Harris now because of no cam I think that helps him quite a bit And with Sony Michelle going to the Rams Feels like it's Damian Harris Which you're going to get for first, second, and third And then you'll you'll get, you know Or you'll get first, second, and you'll get White in and it's, When it's a passing down situation I think he gets a lot of opportunity They have a strong offensive line, the Patriots They're ranked number three by pro football focus Their secondary is ranked number five I like the Pats in this spot, and uh, you know anything in the if it's over three, no, no, thank you. If it's three and it goes the Miami way, and you get two and a half, absolutely. At three, I'm Pats. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, I like I said, there's just certain quarterbacks I don't have faith in and won't take points with. Two is in that category. I just against Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Belichick's gonna and like like I said when we talked before. Not even 12% of the time, two or three to the right side of the field. You're telling me Belichick's not going to have that 11? Especially game one. He's been circling this film. This isn't even off the bye. He's had this film they've been working on the whole offseason. This is the game he's been already. like. So I, I'm, I'm very much against uh, against the Dolphins. As we move to a really good game, the Browns at the Chiefs. Uh, very high on the Browns this year. This might be a a, a tough spot. I'm, I'm I'm curious what the number creeps up to because if this number got to a touchdown, I absolutely jump in here um, on the Browns. Where do you see it right now? It was it was at six and a well, half and six. That's the thing. I locked in the Browns plus six and a half this morning. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. It is down to Browns plus five and a half. So a lot yeah, of Browns see. money is coming, coming in right the other now. Way. So, yeah. So I knocked in the six and a half. That's and the re- that's a good the spot. reason is the reason is this. Is everyone who listens to this knows how much I love offensive line. 
Chiefs have some offensive line issues going on. The Browns' defense, especially their defensive front seven, has improved a lot. And I really think they're going to be able to create pressure and get to Mahomes. Um, in terms of the offense, Chubb ate last time they played. Um, I really think the with Chubb eating and running the ball effectively, that's going to open up the play-action pass for Mayfield, OBJ, and Landry. And the Chiefs, they have some injuries in the back four, too. Chiefs just aren't healthy right now. And I think the revenge factor of being knocked out of the knocked out of the playoffs last year when they did play him close, being able to run the ball, being able to throw the ball, and the Chiefs having some issues up front, I think the Browns are going to be able to stay within the number. I don't think they're going to be able to win the game. But I could see this game being like a 31-28, 28-24, one of those type of games. And just like we were saying before, this Kansas City offensive line in like six weeks, they're going to be a lot better than they were at the end of last year. But they're going to take a while because they have they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. They signed Joe Tooney. They had an opt-out from 2020 return, and then they drafted a couple. So just like I was saying before, their talent is better than it was, but there are a lot of new pieces. And they're going to take yeah. a little while to figure things out and to get in. In cohesion with each other And you and don't want to Dealing with injuries too up there too So yep. you factor that in yep. You don't want to And right off the bat You're dealing with Garrett You're dealing with Clowney And then you're dealing with A secondary that's much improved Second second year for Stefanski The Browns really improved In the offseason What seemed like all of their weaknesses On defense um, John uh, Johnson and Troy Hill Greg Newsom, Clowney They brought in All 11 offensive starters Returned from last year Things that I like to see them um, and we, we you know we go I don't love I'm, I'm not like the Baker Mayfield fan club but I'm actually higher on him than a, a lot most are and he Baker just took Odell Landry and Hooper on a fishing trip with him to Montana over the weekend like, those are the kind of things you like to see you know especially with someone like Odell who you never know what he's doing but the guys that they were all taking pictures together and fishing and they were out they, they drew um, a field that you could see in the background where they could run routes and, and he was throwing passes to them and stuff when they had their couple days off. Those are the, it, 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 they don't feel like they're coming into this game tight and worried, right? It's kind of like, hey, let's go in there. We were competitive with this game team last year. We are better now. They are, they were ranked with the number one, I think one offensive line. Uh, their, their secondary is now much, much improved. Their defensive line is very, very good. They're just really solid all over. I like this team a lot this year. If you get it, that's the number for me too, because I'd want to have to get beat by a touchdown to lose. I, I wouldn't really want to take anything less than six for sure. But if this crept back up to seven, I'd absolutely jump on it. Six and a half, I'm still okay. And I don't, you know, a lot of people like to play teasers and stuff. I don't usually do that. If you do, I wouldn't just flop Kansas City in as like an automatic teaser or if you're playing in like survivor pools and stuff and you see this as one of the bigger numbers of the week. I don't know if I'd yeah. want to use Kansas City in this spot when there's probably a Not lot of other easier spots for them later in the year. Not at all. I mean this this is a dangerous spot for Kansas City. I could see them I get it wouldn't surprise me if they lo- they lost it. I mean yeah. honestly if it was at six and a half, I'd probably still sprinkle on the money line. And something to note about Skifansky, I mean, I'm a coach. When I was a young coach, my first year, I made a lot of dumb mistakes looking back at it because I it was my first year like being the man in charge. 
My second year was a lot more successful because I learned from my silly mistakes. You and I have talked numerous times last year, especially in the, the playoff. Game, yep. In the game. playoffs, Scafanti made some mistakes coaching that, I mean, we could argue it cost him, but it did hurt his team. Yep. I think he's watched that. He's going to learn from that and it's going to, he's going to do a better job and not make those same mistakes. I think he's going to actually be a better, better coach this year. Um, yeah. I, I like the Browns a lot in the spot, especially in a revenge spot from a team that knocked them out. Fourth year for Baker, first time he's ever going to have a second-year head coach. And the last 10 games of last year, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's all he needs to do. You you don't need 35 touchdowns from him. You just need make the right throws when they're there, play action, don't turn it over. That's the template for them to be good. Run the ball. We've got a good defense now. Hey, maybe Odell can break one or two. We'll get him on a pitch. We'll get him on a screen here and there if he's feeling healthy. Uh, The Browns. Let's lean brownies this weekend against the Chiefs if you can get the right number there. Yep, I got them locked in at six and a half. We go to Denver at the Giants here. In this one, I'm still seeing Denver at minus two and a half. They're on the road playing the Giants here. Teddy B is going to be starting for Denver. And Denver has a clean injury report. Chubb and Font both are going to play. Cortland Sutton is back People forget in 2019 he had 1100 yards Judy had 850 yards Receiving last year he had games of 125 and 140 You add them to Hamler and Patrick Now all of a sudden you've got like five Pretty pretty solid pass catchers You've got a couple Wide uh, running backs very solid You like the rookie running back here And even if you're not someone that's high on Gordon He's a very serviceable running back In the NFL and he can catch the ball out of the backfield Too Their offensive line is one of the weaknesses, something I'm a little bit concerned of as uh, they are projected 21st, but they do have some upside and where it seems like one of their youngsters is ready for a a Reisner, maybe ready for a big year. Um, They have big question marks at the center position as uh, someone they drafted last year. Cush Barry was just awful, but they did draft a third rounder and you bring back Von Miller. They have the best secondary by pro football focus. And also ESPN's projections Mike Clay has them as the number one Ranked overall defense this year They added Fuller and Darby And then their first round pick To an already good secondary If this team is healthy we've talked about it I think they're a playoff team And this could be a really tough spot For a Giants Just from a matchup perspective I like the Giants this year I think they're going to be better They have the, the dead last ranked Offensive line by pro football focus Lots of question marks about the playmakers coming into this week. How healthy is Barkley, Galladay, Ingram, Rudolph? Even uh, have all been banged up and and haven't been you know getting a lot of reps. Adoree Jackson, you know. So I, to me, this sort of feels like another one of those matchups where I wouldn't be shocked if Denver has like five or six sacks and can can force a couple turnovers in here. This could be a tough day for the Giants. What's well, another one of those games? Like it opened up at a Pickham or Denver land. Just move too much to play. DK's at DK has it at three. I just for the life of me, like I can't play a stale number. I'm just so such a number. Oh no, absolutely better. not in the I NFL. The numbers are too and sharp. Like, no, the value right now, believe it or not, is on the Giants because in gambling, what you want to do is you want to buy a team when they're low, sell a team when they're high. Who was the big surprise of the NFL preseason? Who's everyone high on now? Everyone's it team is the Broncos. So, I mean, this is a. That's why this numbers move yeah, so much. This is it's like, not playable. I can't, I can't do it. Like, I no, can't I stay away. Way too and many questions. 
at over three, it, it, I would if it was three and a half, I'd absolutely lean to the Giants. I'd probably want more than just three to take the Giants. Three and a half would probably be my my number and my breaking point. I do like the Denver Broncos as a team this year individually in this game. I wouldn't play it yet because, like you said, you just gave we just gave away too much value here. It just you know it, there, then maybe you didn't hit a ton of key numbers, but you still gave it. I would have much if you got it early, then great. If you if you're looking at it now and you want to play this game, eh, I, I just think that maybe play something season wide. And I I do feel like Denver's going to probably kick the crack out, crap out of them though. I, I just think it's going to be a bad matchup for this offensive line for the Giants trying to and and with some of these question marks about their their you know their weapons. So, but not hey, Von Miller is going to play. Like I yeah, he had his kid today, so I I read that he wasn't going to travel if. There's a, you know what I mean? If the, if the kid was going to come, but no, he, um, yeah, he, he had it. So, uh, yeah, so he's going to be there. We move to the final three games of week one. So we got the Sunday afternoon marquee Packers at Saints. And honestly, this, this is probably a game that I have some of the least feel for. I, the Packers will probably be fine. You know that they won 13 games back-to-back seasons. That's just incredible for Lafleur for both his first two years. You win 13 and you win 13 in the conference finals. There, I've mentioned this a few times. I just I don't know what version we're gonna get of Aaron Rodgers. I, I do think he's kind of gonna be in like a prove it fu mode, and that might be very good for them. He might be calling audibles or just doing what he thinks is going to work. I just I don't know how much he he wants to sell uh, out for this Packers team anymore. If things get a little difficult for them I don't like the Saints at all Overall throughout the year Jameis starting, no Drew Brees I do actually like Jameis as a player But keep in mind this is in Jacksonville Because of Hurricane Ida And the wide receivers No Michael Thomas So we have Callaway and Traquan Smith As your major pass catchers here Remember, Jameis did have over 5,000 passing yards In 2019 I, I, this is a stay away for me. I just don't. I don't have a very good feel for this game. I don't like the Saints overall. Um, I feel like the Packers will be fine, but I don't know. Not not a great feel on this one for me. Yeah, this is a stay away. I don't bet unknowns. We have too many unknowns. A, you have the Packers, and I mean it has been a little warmer up here, but I mean they're going from playing in Wisconsin. Instead of playing the AC as originally scheduled in New Orleans in the Dome, they're going to be going to play in the hot, humid Florida. LaFleur is hammering these guys about dehydration. God only knows if they're listening. And you have the Saints who are completely out of their teens, and NFL players are a routine-driven animal, routine-driven player like we all are. I have my routines. Um, And there's just... When a player gets out of his routine, God only knows how that's going to affect them. Just way too many questions. This is a pure stay away for me. And especially at the number four and a half, it's value on the Saints. But I just I just can't do it with with too many questions. Yeah, can't do it. I'm, I'm staying away here as we move to the Sunday night game. We've got the Bears at the Rams. The Rams are going to be rocking and rolling with that stadium. Uh, nice stadium all filled up with fans. The Rams are a uh, seven and a half point favorite right now, and it's forty seven and a half. This total has jumped up over the last couple of days. It was over. It was at forty five just a few days ago. So it's been uh, it's been really moving for the Bears. Andy Dalton starting. 
Question we'll ask all year When do we see Fields It's a good idea probably not to start him here You don't want to be uh, lining up against Aaron Donald When you have a number 28 ranked offensive line By pro football focus So it's just not a great matchup for them With the terrible offensive line And a really really great Rams defensive line They have major concerns the Bears do at tackle They've really only had a week Maybe week and a half of their offensive line Practicing together because they had a lot of Injury issues early parts of camp Um, Will Jason Peters be ready For a full workload because they're going to Need him to be at as close to His best as possible Their cornerbacks also took a hit As they had to release Kyle Fuller Because of salary cap issues And we don't really know what we're going to see From their defense because it's a new defensive Coordinator and when you think of the Bears, you think of this really strong defense, and I just I don't know if that's going to be this team this year. Can they run the ball against the Rams either with that I, offensive line? I know. I mean, there's yeah. way too many questions for the offensive line. Is Austin going to be able to anchor it? Um, Matt Nagy's a freaking fool. We got to factor that into the that's equation. Very true. At, and at the end of the game, I mean, this is a team like Stafford, even though you know. It's the Rams. Stafford's familiar with this this Bears. Team. The Bears, yeah. He's familiar with the guys in the defense, even though it is a new system. Um, a new, new excuse me, not a new system, but a new DC. Uh, I just, yeah. I mean, I love the Rams here, but again, it's another thing. It's, it's a sad number. Half. The number's bad. If you can get yeah, seven or anything under seven, sure. But just, you just can't do it. And like, no. there's a coaching advantage with the Rams. Both sides of the ball, the Rams have the advantage. Rams have more talent. Their offensive line was bad in 2019 And then they got really good again last year The Rams And they should be a very good offensive line again But um, just just a couple It's a bad number And and, you know a few things where maybe they're just not as sharp Because Stafford didn't take any preseason snaps Um, So I I will say this though Like my friend Like in this uh, I met this guy years ago um, He did make this comment to me and he was a bookie, so take it what it's worth. He told me anytime the house thinks that there's going to be a ass-kicking by the home team, they will lay a seven and a half to try to create value. Suck it in. Try to get betters to take the seven and a half with the dog. And so it's he it's said, automatic yeah, value yeah, yeah. because they probably set it a num they probably set it yeah. three quarters of a point higher than they would have, you know, whatever they were gonna yeah. set it at. Oh, you know what? That's that number there. Let's just suck a little bit more money in. Hell, especially when it's someone like the Rams too, when you're a uh, um kind of a popular team too, even more. So the yeah, Rams so I just, it's just stay away from stay away. I mean, I'd I think they like you tell me the Rams win this game and absolutely destroy them and that the Bears can't move the ball at all and that they sack Dalton a bunch of times I, I think That's going to happen and if I, it was seven If it was six and a half I'd play it but It over a touchdown no thank you Just I, as I said bad I numbers love. you can't Do that in the first week of the year You know what if this is the Super Bowl and we're Looking at something and you like a team and you want a Little bit of action that's fine but if you're gonna Plan on playing a lot And you cannot take bad numbers Repeatedly just just don't and like Have you you've mentioned if you Very much like a team wait And try to get involved in game if, they, if somebody else scores first Then you can probably come back and play them At a number that you'd like Yeah and we talked we talked about it a couple of games ago The um, the Browns Chiefs The line moved hypothetically If the Chiefs get the ball and they score first That line's going to move up And boom you can get value on the Browns So I mean this in game trading thing is completely new 
in terms of the Bears Rams game, um, the showdown slate, captain position, you said it before. Bears have some major issues in the secondary. Matt Stafford historically loves his outside wide receiver. In my showdown slate, I'm definitely going to have Bobby Trees in the, and be in the one X position. We get to Ravens at Raiders Monday night football game. Those Raider fans are going to be going crazy there. Uh, I see this game still around four and a half. Ravens minus four and a half. I think the total is still around, what, 51? Yeah, 51. So we have a new defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, for the Raiders. Um, and this is going to be the first game with fans at the new stadium. Fourth year for head coach Gruden. Eighth year for quarterback Carr. Some new defensive pieces there with Nguakwe, uh, McCoy, Casey Hayward Jr. So their defense should be a little bit better for the Raiders. The Ravens. You know, with Dobbins and Justin Justice Hill both out, it'll be a lot of Gus Edwards this weekend. He's probably going to be a very good uh, DFS play. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be leaning on him. Uh, wide receiver Rashad Bateman out for at least a couple games. Marquise Brown missed a lot of training camp, so some question marks there with some of their pieces. I like the Ravens overall as a team, but I think we both might feel the the Raiders are a little sneaky in this spot. And also, like for the life of me, I'm looking all over the place. I've seen people that say Lamar can't play. I'm seeing people that say he can play. No, I think it's very. Game. So I just we have not heard about that at yeah, all. I don't know, and like I've said numerous times, I don't bet the unknown. And the fact that this number has dropped because it was it opened up, I think it was like a six and a half somewhere in that vicinity, and now it's down to a Drop. four. I know that tells me that's tell Lamar me not playing money. That Lamar isn't going to be playing and like we said we don't know so i don't bet the unknown and i'm just yeah, not going to stay going to this this has to be a stay away game keep in mind Which, we're recording this right now on wednesday night i'm going to do a preview of this for better than vegas at btv bets on monday if eric is available and he gets off he can jump on and join me and if we have any information we have a stronger opinion there we'll tell you everything leading up to that game we'll talk about some props and we'll deep dive that game but this is not one that I'd want to play right now A few days out I would absolutely wait And just try to get as much information as you can Over the next few days about Lamar About that stadium Because they've had very strict COVID rules at that stadium um, Yeah No reason to even get too deep, too much deeper in Because there's so many unknowns In this particular game um, But Eric Man, we're here We are here we are here. Week one is upon us. Um, give us uh, you know, some of your plugs out there, some of the, the content that you have. As I mentioned, you'll be joining me again on Sunday morning where if things have changed, we'll have updated numbers. We'll have you know last-minute news, injury reports, anything we find out over the next few days. We'll be able to share that again with you on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time if you follow us at BTV Bets. Yeah, um, looking forward to it. Really enjoyed last week. I thought, you know, I had a great time. Um, in terms of me, every Wednesday on my website, etof 21 sports I put out my um, fantasy football rankings for the week. Obviously, those changes with injuries and whatnot and weather and everything. Um, every Saturday, my podcast comes out today. This week, you know, we're going to have some NASCAR. We're going to look to build on our uh, – Success been a great season, and um, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at etop21 and on Instagram at etop21sports underscore.
Thank you so much buddy uh, You'll hear Eric here each and every week You'll catch Eric on some of those live streams At BTV Bets each and every week um, Get ready for the madness man uh, It's going to be fun Oh I cannot wait And also guys don't force a bet I mean you should not be betting More than five games this week in the NFL Just because of so much of the unknown Don't force it so many opportunities Next week is a fun one because there you'll you'll I like week two because a lot of people react overreact to week one and I like coming back and playing the teams that looked like crap a lot of the times in week one and in a good spot in week two. So uh yeah, we should have plenty of opportunities there. You'll hear a lot of Eric all year long on that's what G said. Make sure to give him a follow there on social media and don't go anywhere, folks. We've got plenty more on this episode of That's What G said. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering. Multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Big thank you to Eric. You'll hear him each and every week here. And uh, we look forward to helping you, providing you information, hopefully making a few bucks for you out there and also making a few bucks for ourselves and no better way to do that than over at Stable Duel with a loaded weekend slate. Make sure to download that Stable Duel app, totally free to download on your phone, on your iPad, and then create your stable, and you'll be loaded up and ready to play. Now, all you have to do is deposit whatever amount you want to play for each contest that you're going to get in. Like on Friday, six different racetracks, Charlestown, Gulfstream, Laurel, Monmouth, Penn National, Woodbine, all have Stable Duel contests. There are 
games as low as $7 at, at Charlestown for the entry. 7 bucks to get in. All the way up to a bigger game, like a, the $250 entry at Gulfstream. On Saturday, we've got six tracks, eight different contests. Charlestown, Emerald, Gulfstream, Kentucky Downs, Laurel, Woodbine. Three options at Kentucky. You've got games ranging from as low as $7 all the way up to $500 entry fee. And the big one at Kentucky Downs, 150 bucks to get in, $5,000. The prize pool there, that is on Saturday. On Sunday, Emerald, Golden Gate, Gulfstream, Kentucky Downs, Woodbines, five track, seven contests, three options at Kentucky Downs. Game ranging from five bucks all the way up to 250 bucks. Get those entries in and play, race, win. So much good stuff out there over at Stable Duel. And remember, you can always go to StableDuel.com and you can check out the weekly schedule there anytime you need. Or you can go to StableDuel.com and check out the merch. StableDuel.com slash stop shop. (laughs) StableDuel.com backslash shop. So you can get the backside is the best side tee. The degenerate tee. How about the size doesn't matter t-shirts or I hit that t-shirts. They're only 18, 15 20 bucks. We're talking really, really affordable. You see me rocking these stable dual t-shirts all the time. You got the hoodie, sweatshirt, you got the mug, you got the glass there. You can get your name or your stable name embroidered on a, a hat on a t-shirt there. StableDuel.com. You can check out the weekly schedule in the blog. And if you just click on shop, all that great merch there. Really, really affordable and super comfy. Now we're going to get into Woodbine for Friday. So yeah, we actually have some Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for racing for you. Woodbine Friday, which does have a, a stable duel contest you can get into, a $100 contest on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about Kentucky, and uh, they have a contest, a couple that you can get into, and Sunday there's some contests at Kentucky. We'll give you a couple plays for that one. So let's get your past performances out for Friday for Woodbine, and we are going to look at race number three for Woodbine Friday. So let's get to race number three and Woodbine. I'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk races three, four, five, and six. We head to uh, optional claiming 62. They're going to go a mile and eighth on the turf course in race number three. I thought the four Primo touch dropping back in after a couple of shots against Stakes Company should be Forwardly placed in this race, there's not a ton of pace in here whatsoever, and you get a little bit of a turn back from a mile and a quarter to a mile and an eighth, so forwardly placed on the turn back, should just be sitting in a really, really good spot, get the drop in class, so a little relief there uh, from the, the class perspective. Primo touch sitting a nice trip. We need something around five to two, maybe an early exotic single there, uh, but if you can get five to two or over, we'll play a win wager. In race number four, 10 claimers here going six furlongs. I think they're just trying to figure out where the number 11 big mistake fits. And she's going to drop in class here, and she's faced you know, much better in her last couple of starts. She uh, she hooked a horse named uh, Betwexing, who has won five in a row, including a stakes at Presque Isle. You see Rosebud's Hope has won the last uh, in the last four races. You have two wins, two seconds, and a runner-up. At the optional 62 after winning at that level. So we're talking about behind horses that have been competitive and facing much, much tougher. Big mistake is going to drop. 
off of a couple slow starts. She's a little better than that. She doesn't have to be such a repeat offender of a of slow starting. I think she can break a little better. She, again, she had a slower start. She was in between and tight. She was up to fifth. They're just searching for where she fits. Maybe it's here. Big mistake. We need about we need about five to one to make a win wager on her. So in the fifth race, we get a little crazy here. This is a horse who I'd throw into some exotics, and she's probably going to be a huge price. She's 30-1 to 1 on the morning line, the number 7, La Princesa Polly. So she's going to take a shot on the grass in here. She's going to put two starts together. She didn't race from November to July. She came back in July, and she had a fine start. She settled fourth. She was within a length, and... She was, you know, she's about man, two off or so to start. Then she moved inside up to about a length off, and she just got blocked inside. And then she flattened out. She it was her first start in a while. So once when you're you've got your run, you have nowhere to go. You end up just kind of flattening out and getting a little dull late. There was something there. I would throw her in, or at least under in some of your exotics. She is a massive price on the morning line. That's the number seven La Princesa Polly, who is thirty to one. Stakes race in the sixth. I'm looking at the number four, Sav, who, you know, has some legitimate excuses. If you look at the last three races, hasn't been at her best, but she did have legitimate trouble. Uh, two back, it was late. Last time out, it was early. Uh, three starts back, it was another situation where it was off of the bench, and then she didn't have the best of trips, and so she faded late. You can dig at those races and find legitimate excuses for a horse who is great at stakes placed. The number four, Sav, who is six to one on the morning line. We'd need about four to one or so to make a win wager there. So that is Woodbine for Friday. We are gonna head over, and I believe for the first time ever on that's what G said. I was thinking about it. I don't think we've ever had maybe one or two century mile. I don't recall. If we've ever discussed Century Mile on the pod. But you know what? There's a first for everything. And Century Mile has four stakes races on Saturday. And uh, some pretty, they're pretty solid races. The seventh race is the Northland's Distaff Handicap. It is a $75,000 stakes race. The horse I'm looking at is the number eight, Hidden Grace, who has been really competitive with a lot of these, who likes it over this racetrack. And then the two starts at uh, Assiniboia were just monster victories. This is a mare who's going to be forwardly placed. She should be in the mix throughout. The last, her, her races, she's always favored. And she's been competitive with Raider, with Celerity. She's in great form right now. If for some reason she is above five or six to one, make sure to put a few bucks on Hidden Grace, the number eight. As we move to race number eight, I thought the five, Plum Blue, from off the pace in here, gets the setup. Distance should be no problem for this filly. The number five, Plum Blue, who is 10 to 1 on the morning line. We had stacked more like a 5 to 1 shot. The Canadian Derby, the Grade 3 Canadian Derby, they are going to be going a mile and a quarter in here. So, the one is a maiden, Bodie Monster, but he's 6 for 7 in the money. His lone race where he didn't hit the board was in a race that was followed by a long, long layoff. And when you look at him, and when you just watch his his races and you see his running style, he should have no problems with this distance. And that's that's a concern for some of the others in here. 
No horse like Myopic who's going to be forwardly placed. You know, Poppy Chulo is going to be up close. Tony's Tappet is going to be up close. Doug's Pal. These are all horses, Major Shepherd, who have shown tactical speed, who are going to be forwardly placed. And we don't really know if they deal with a lot of other pressure, if they're going to be able to deal with that pressure and get this distance. Bodie Monster is just going to save the ground, take back, and hope they go quick early and come flying late. This horse is uh, eight to one in the morning line. Anything around six to one feels worthy of a win wager. In the tenth race, it's the seventy-five thousand dollars Century Mile handicap. Nothing too crazy for me or outside the box. I did think the eight explode may have a chance to turn the tables on Greek Geek, but I think those two would probably be my top two in this particular race. Uh, maybe take a look at a few over at Century Mile. On Saturday in some very nice stakes races And looks on paper We might be able to find a a price or two Throughout that sequence And maybe spice that thing up a little bit So that is Saturday Over at Century Mile Before we get into Saturday Kentucky Downs We want to let you know about Full service realtor Cindy Carava Now Cindy has been one of the longtime sponsors Of That's What G Said podcast And as a full service realtor She can help you out in many different ways Like selling Uh, Purchasing, leasing She can just connect you with the right kind of people If you're looking for home improvement She'll, you know, get you in touch with the right kind of vendors that you need Landscapers, painters, gardeners That can help with that home improvement Maybe you are curious or you want to start working on a a loan You need to get pre-approved She can, you know, connect you with the right kind of lenders That'll make that very easy on you she covers all parts of the San Gabriel Valley, North San Diego County. But even if you're out of the state of California, if you need help and you're in an area where you don't know someone, contact Cindy. She can put you in touch with someone that she knows, that she trusts. CindyCarava.com is the website. C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people you will ever meet. She's the exact type of person who you want helping you with something like this, moving, relocating, it's not easy It's stressful, there's a lot of different things You have to worry about, you have to take care of You have to check a lot of different boxes She will do that for you CindyCarava.com Let's get into Kentucky Downs For Saturday What a card at Kentucky Downs If you have not looked Please do so Huge money up for grabs These purses are insane And big fields and just crazy weird racing. Some horses like this track. It's deep. It's sort of like undulating. It's up and down. And a few take to it. Others just throw clunkers in. But you really can find some big, big bombs that you feel like may have opportunities. And uh, there's a lot of horses that are in that 5 to 10 to 1 range that you can really sink your teeth into. Like in race number 1, who we hope to get around 4 to 1 on the number 11 Heaven Escape, who has won here before at Kentucky, cuts back. And when you're going in this tougher six and a half furlong distance, I really like horses that have run well going a mile, mile and a sixteenth. Maybe they've shown a little bit of tactical speed going a little longer. And Heaven Escape fits that perfectly. I think will sit nicely off probably a little bit more in this particular spot because she isn't quite as quick as some of the others early, but she'll maybe be a little more mid-pack here with Joella aboard. Anything about four to one. Is fine on Heaven Escape. We move to race number two. Nathan Special Weight with $135,000 purse. The six Mummy Dearest will put a couple starts together and I think will be a little sharper in here, finally able to do so. You you see, every time that she's thrown a, 
Two starts together, they've been followed by a little bit of a layoff, a couple months off. I feel like she's going to be very sharp for this one, and you're just going to get a little bit more late punch for Mummy, Dearest, use along with the 11, let's go Native, who should step forward for a barn who's much, much better second time out. Let's flip to race number six now, and we'll talk about a couple of the stakes races here. Some really good ones. First up is the... Ladies Sprint, the Mint Ladies Sprint, six and a half furlongs the distance, a grade three worth $600,000. I thought the seven catch a bid coming from off the pace a little bit in here was very interesting. It's kind of looking at the way, the way this race may shape up. You know, Venetian Harbor is, is very quick. She'll be cutting back a little bit, so maybe she sits. But then you have a, some of these horses that are going to be stretching out from the five furlong turf sprints where they're probably just going to be more forwardly placed early, and maybe not as sharp late. Our musical moment, you know, isn't as great on the grass. You'd imagine she's going to be close up from uh, from a rail, a horse like Go-Go Shoes. Wouldn't be shocking to see her show a little more speed. Yes, it's Ginger, you know, is going to go. Jakarta shouldn't be too far out of it. Superstition shouldn't be too far out of it. I prefer the horses that have either been going a little bit longer or that just don't feel as much like they're the five, five-and-a-half horses, this turf course gets really tiring late and really deep. Let's go with the number seven, Catch a Bid, who is, what, eight-to-one on the morning line? We had stacked at a five-to-one shot. So anything in that range feels fair. As we move along to race number seven at Kentucky Downs, it is the grade three ladies' turf. Pretty Captain Obvious for me here. Princess Grace is just excellent right now. She is really nice. She's handy. She's kind of versatile. Abscond, I feel like, from a class perspective, can keep up with her. And if you're looking to get a little creative here, maybe Summer in Saratoga, who has run well before. Kind of reading the tea leaves. It feels like Joe Sharp uh, thinks a couple of his runners are going to have uh, big performances at Kentucky over the weekend. Summer in Saratoga with Saez jumping aboard could be one that gets that benefit of an off-the-pace trip if they go quick enough here early. So let's give a look to Summer in Saratoga, proven at Kentucky in the ladies' turf. The eighth race is the turf sprint. This is a million-dollar race. The FanDuel turf sprint for a million bucks, six furlongs the distance. You, As you would expect, you get a lot of the best turf sprinters in here. What's wrong with the recent form for Gear Jockey? Who turned back from a mile to five and a half in, in July and won that July race going five and a half. Tried five and a half last time out. I think Fast Boat is just a little bit better at that distance. But at this six and a half, that feels like it should hit Gear Jockey right between the eyes, doesn't it? Gear Jockey, who is 10 to 1 on the morning line. If he's anything around six, let's put a few bucks on Gear Jockey. You can make cases for many in here. Costa Creed would be no shock. Obviously got Stormy, who won another grade one last time out. You, you've got Imprimis towards the outside, who always seems to be very competitive in these type of races. Then you got another million dollar race in the ninth. It's the Turf Cup. And the five, Arklo likes this, likes this turf course. He, he did have legitimate trouble last time out. But he is seven, and so when you start to throw a couple clunkers in next to each other, even though you do have trouble, you, you, you get a little worried. The the horse who's a price that I would throw into some exotics is the one Imperador. Just feels like he continues to improve. He's another one who 
no race, and then he has a couple races, and then layoff, and now he's only making what his fourth start of this year, and his second start that he's going to put together. He could be better in this spot and save all the ground, just fall into a really nice trip from the inside. Number one, Imperador. In race number ten, which is another stakes race, this is the Grade Two Franklin Simpson, six hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. I thought the three county final, who has always flashed ability. They this is one who won his debut going five and a half on the turf, then showed really good speed in career start number two, finishing second behind no stakes company there at, at Churchill. Changes Barnes, and we've we've seen a few times on the grass. But that last start at Woodbine in the stakes race was very good. Behind Gretzky the Great, it was the first start since November. So you would expect him to get a lot out of that race and be really fit in here. He turns back a little bit from seven furlongs. He's got the nice speed, but can sit. Love the fact that he showed he can sit off the pace a little bit last time out. That's the number three. County final, eight to one on the morning line. We need five to put a few bucks to win on that one. That is Saturday. Over at Kentucky Downs. We're going to head to Sunday Kentucky Downs, but you need to head to OldSmokeClothing.com and use the promo code GINO to get you free shipping on your order. We're talking high quality products rooted in the iconic symbols of horse racing hats, t shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, all sorts of horse racing memorabilia there. Old Smoke Clothing, promo code GINO gets you free shipping on the order. We get to Sunday, and we're going to look at Kentucky Downs. A couple plays for you. I know we'll all be kicking back watching a lot of this Sunday football game, so why not put in a few plays over at Kentucky? And we'll start in race number one with the number one, Sivel. She took up right after the start, and she just didn't get into a nice stride for about the first quarter mile. She was last and then second to last, down on the inside, legitimately 15 lengths off. And... She really got going late. Ends up, you know, almost cutting, basically cutting the deficit in half. Going from like 15, 16 off, finishing fifth in that race. She she started the move late down towards the inside in a race where the winner won very easily. Now that was her first start, and she did it going long on the turf. When you look at this field, going a mile on this turf course at Kentucky, I think she's going to have a major advantage over the rest of this group from a fitness edge. There's only one other horse who went a mile on the grass, and that was Hadlin, who did nothing in that race. I mean, she was never involved. She never even made it. She didn't really seem to have excuses. She just, you know, was, we don't really know how much ability she has. I think there's something here with Sival. And yeah, maybe some of these first-timers or some of these lightly raced horses are going to be better down the line. She may be able to catch them in this opportunity where she's got more fitness, saves the ground from the inside. The number one, Sival. If she's anything around four to one, we'll make a win wager there. As we move to race number seven for our next play, we'll look at races uh, seven, eight, and nine. Now, the seventh is a stakes race. It is the Ainsworth, $500,000 up for grabs for these two year old fillies. And I like Mystic Eyes as a horse quite a bit. I think she was super impressive in her debut. Again, you've heard me say it a few times. Going five and a half furlongs at Saratoga and winning that race gate to wire is much different than going six and a half furlongs at Kentucky Downs. In a full field like this where you expect there to be a lot of other early speed, she might be good enough 
But she's definitely going to have to earn it in here. The number 11, cheer up sleepy Gino, what can it mean to a daydream believer? Oh, that was uh, one of one of my pops. Mr. B would be singing that one uh, here on That's What G Said if he was aboard. The 12 lady today, that's the one to beat, no doubt about it. So 9, 11, 12, kind of Captain Obvious for me in this one. But again, the 9 just doesn't, I don't think it's the race shape. I just have high hopes for her overall as a horse. We'll see if this is a, a the right kind of spot. Eighth race, we're looking at the Music City, the Nelson's Greenbrier Whiskey Music City, $500,000 up for grabs, six and a half furlongs. The distance here, I'm looking at the five, Navratilova, who went long in her last two. So she was in the grade, George, uh, the grade three Lake George last time out. She was three deep going into the turn. She was up to press, and then she faded. The top two in that race, her and Jouster, they finished 8th and ninth, dead last and 2nd to dead last. Now, she was good going 5.5 furlong. She won in her debut, and then her other two 5.5 furlong races, she was stakes placed, and she was right behind Toby's heart and new boss. Uh, she's actually defeated Toby's heart going a mile. Doesn't it feel like this distance would be perfect for her? She's got that sort of tracking tactical speed going a little longer. Now they turn back, so... She'll be a little fit. She, you know, she's just behind at five, five and a half. And a mile maybe is even a little more than what she wants. Let's hope this is the trip for Navratilova. We know she's got some tactical speed. We know she can pass horses. Let's see if this is what she wants to do. Six and a half on the turf at Kentucky Downs. Navratilova is six to one on the morning line. We'd need seven to two to make a, a win wager there. As we head into the ninth, I just thought the five, the the new face, feels like this is just going to be a really good spot. I don't necessarily love anyone in here, and they're not in the the best of form. A lot of them may maybe kind of have thrown a clunker in recently, or you know they're coming out of they're maybe they're dropping a little, so you're not quite sure if they're feeling it. Let's take a look, uh, a look with the uh, let's take a nook. That's where <laughs> a look with the new. You know when you start combining things. I'm not talking about nooks and crannies here. I was talking about a look. When you start combining the words, you know you're probably uh you're probably finished with that thought. So in the ninth race, there the number five is five to one on the morning line. We wouldn't want to take too much shorter than about seven to two. Sort of feels like the value line there. Now that is set, uh, Sunday over at Kentucky Downs. Our final segment coming up is Wrestling with Chad Cooper this week in wrestling, and it is sponsored by SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A, Candles.com, all-natural soy wax candles, free from those toxins, free from those carcinogens, free from those pollutants. Check out SarahCandles.com, use that promo code G-I-N-O, it'll get you 10% off your purchase. Another huge week in wrestling. Chad Cooper joins me to talk about the news. We get into SmackDown, AEW, Raw, NXT, everything happening in the world of wrestling. Positives, negatives, AEW's all the buzz right now, but some big news as far as signings and um, some pretty good shows on the WWE's end over the last few weeks. We get into it all this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. 
And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's time for another installment of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. And we will bring in our good friend, Koopaloop. Buddy, Chad, how you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Yeah, no complaints, man. Just another good week. There's just so much happening in the world of wrestling. Isn't it crazy how different it feels from when we started this segment, uh, like, what, year, year and a half ago, to now just as far as news for all of these companies from AEW to W to Raw, SmackDown, NXT, releases, uh, new editions, um, changes in TV show, ch- new TV shows, uh, all the stuff happening with the pandemic and here and there. Just it has been a crazy, you know, time since we've been doing this show. Wide open. Uh, you know, a lot of people say change is good. Change is inevitable. It, it comes sooner or later. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> And wrestling, we knew it was going to be an interesting time uh, with all elite. Just did not know how interesting. Uh, I'll say this: the way it was going for them, you know, just real quick. Let's go back uh, when NXT had beaten them head to head for several weeks in a row in ratings on uh, Tuesday night. Is that correct? They were going up, or were they on Wednesday? They were on Wednesday Wednesdays. night. Yeah. NXT had had. You know, they were kind of neck and neck, both at around seven, eight hundred thousand. And then AEW programming just went kind of dull and NXT took over. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have changes. And now, you know, uh, All Elite has a lot of wind in their sails with all these big signings. But, you know, it, it's not going to stop the Big E, uh, the uh, WWE. They're, uh, they keep rolling on. Uh, NXT is going to be completely different starting next Tuesday. Completely, the shows are going to be different. Uh, They're live. They're going to be live again. It looks like so. uh, Fun time. Fun time indeed. And uh, as we've heard over the last few months, we hear about a lot of WWE releases and not a lot of signings. But there is actually a pretty big signing that they they just. Discussed uh, I, I think they just went official with it today Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson Actual wrestler Who is still in college And he won the gold medal last year If you follow this guy on social media he, He's he got a great personality too He actually came out at SummerSlam They had a little uh, They had him come out and, and wave for a moment He's wanted to be a wrestler for a long time He I believe has had Interactions already with Brock Lesnar and you feel like this is a guy that is exactly the sort of template of of what they're going for. Real athlete, big, looks like the type of guy who can main event WrestleMania. He's got some personality there too. This is someone who yeah, WWE gets a lot of crap right now because the the good vibes are all in AEW. But so a lot of times I think people it's really cool to pile on WWE right now, but they still do very well for a lot of people They still create a lot of stars And this is the type of guy who you feel like If he were to come in That they would really, really try very hard To to make him a big, big star They've been pretty good Signing those type of athletes uh, You know, it, it, the interesting part is That the NCAA now And all these, the federal rulings That these college athletes now Can be compensated The NIL and, stuff, right? Yeah 
this is this is unprecedented here. This is WWE now dipping their toes in that and uh, signing an exclusive agreement with him to to pay him through that. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the Brock Lesnar's, the Kurt Angles of the world, the pedigree is there. Um, You're not talking about Triple H's pedigree. <laughs> no, no, not not the, the uh, not the official move, but you know, he he is somebody that has been on. Uh, pro wrestling radar for a while now. A casual fan probably won't know, but you know, as you mentioned, uh, he came out of SummerSlam. I think he was at ringside in NXT, uh, the Takeover. I can't. One of those, he, he was ringside as well. So, uh, pretty big signing there. Uh, it, it got headlines from ESPN, a lot of the major sports publication uh, from all over uh, the country is is covering this because it's an NIL signing now, and he'll he'll get paid by the WWE. He, he, you just kind of get the feeling with him that, you know, and, and he's not like a, like a boring person. He's got a really good personality on social media. Right. He can cut promos. Heck, he kind of cuts promos after his wins. They come up to him right after. Yeah. And he's been sort of doing it like a wrestling style promo right after he wins. His gold medal win was really cool. It was like in the last seconds, he ended up just, just getting the victory. Uh, you can check it out, like the, the final seconds. There's clips of it all over the place. Me and uh, Andrew Champagne, our, our friend who we're in a group chat and do some wrestling with, we've already booked uh, his first uh, year whenever he comes up. <laughs> you know, you got you got Kurt Angle to bring him out and kind of introduce him so the people know who he is. And, you know, he starts out as a baby face for a little while. And then he starts, you know, getting some wins. He starts getting a little cocky and he turns on Kurt. He tells Kurt to F off. I got a new I've got a new mentor. It's Brock Lesnar. And then Brock comes out and he ends up, you know, being Brock's kind of lackey for a little while until he inevitably does the thumbs down, the Batista thumbs down like he does to Triple H (laughs) and says, I'm coming after you, Brock. And then he beats Brock. That's years down the line. But we've already booked it, Coop. So we're good. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, we kind of saw that a little bit. What was it? Uh, Was it Jason Jordan? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they were going. Yeah, that's where they were going. You're right. You know, and then you know several neck injuries with him. I thought he was a uh, was a guy that WWE could could turn into a star, and he had that guy had a lot of momentum. That he had a weird storyline. Heat, heat, great heat too. Yeah, For some uh, reason, he was in that thing with with, uh, with Rollins where like. They were a tag team because he had to fill the, the I think he had to fill the spot for Ambrose one time when Ambrose yeah. got hurt or something and yeah. he fills in and and then it was like he would come out and he'd be selling it and he'd be trying to be he, he kind of reminded me of how the New Day were at the very beginning, you know, yeah. where they were trying to be these baby faces. That's how Kurt Angle was. Yes, Vin- it was. He thought he was gonna be and Vince did too. They thought he was gonna be a huge baby face right off the bat. And and hearing it's it's really funny to like hear back about Kurt a lot of the things that he said and when he came in they all laugh because when when Kurt met with Vince and them for the first time and and you know he said you know I can't lose no you know no Kurt said that to them like, nobody's gonna believe it that I lose I I'll beat anybody in real life and they were like that's just not how it goes in wrestling <laughs> sir you know like you're gonna you're gonna have to lose at some point well no I can't yeah. lose in it and he was it took Kurt like. 
months And then he ended up going over to ECW He went and watched one of their shows And it ended up being a show where there was like somebody being Crucified on a cross and like something Something bizarre <laughs> happening and he said I'm I'm not going back there and he went back To WWE and he said okay maybe I'll lose A match or maybe two I'll lose a time or two. Maybe it worked maybe out I'll lose. So it, it worked out but These um you know people point to like Well they don't do anything with Chad Gable Yeah I mean that's that, that's true, but he so, he really checks the boxes of all of the things that WWE look for. He's got sure. size, personality, and he's like a legitimate athlete. And so I know there's all these things out there right now about NXT, and they don't want to, you know, NXT is going to be different, and they're not going to go get a bunch of indie guys like they did before, and they're going to push. They're looking for different project people. They want to bring in these bigger athletes, and you know what? I think. People just sort of forget that Just because you're a little bit bigger Doesn't mean you're not athletic Doesn't mean you may not have had any experience On the indies Doesn't mean you're not a wrestler or a wrestling fan This guy loves wrestling He loves the WWE he, He's going to come in and be a huge fan of this Like John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton Big E, Roman Reigns Baron Corbin Like Those are all athletes That weren't, you know, that they Were WWE projects and they're all very good. And and look, you know, speaking of bigs, I mean, look, Monday night we've been kind of crapping on Omos. The the pot, the hot crowd when Omos and Bobby Lashley, he looks you know, good, toe to toe. I mean, it, it, it's what you want to see. And and Omos has been a project. He's got better. And, and look, as though he's not really all that good. Look, look how much pop excitement that this them two staring off. Hell, Lashley was a face in that. For, for a lot of that match So mm-hmm. big big guys I think WWE, you know, Vince Is always like those guys You can see the signings uh, You know, just throughout WWF Through WWE They like big guys And a majority of them have worked out And have went on And to be big stars in the WWE Now, there's this thing going around right now About Adam Cole And some of the things that were pitched to him At WWE and, uh, the Things that I don't yeah. like about The reason why I don't like this this kind of stuff Is that I, I really don't believe it, <laughs> you know. Like, and yeah. even if like this, they said, oh, he was being pitched uh, to be this manager or e- heel manager, this or that. Um, well, one, okay, may- maybe, maybe that was the case. But if there were a list of ten things, and the other nine of them was, here's how he's going to main event WrestleMania, and like <laughs> having him win, having him stack wins over The Rock and Roman Reigns. Nobody would even have mentioned any of those They would have only pointed out This one, that's my problem With this, because if it is true I guarantee, there's no way That they were like, this is what you're going to do And this is it, if this was one pitched thing Of all, then it's absurd It sounds stupid if that was really what your Thought is, but I just can't, I don't even like Entertaining stuff like this, and The problem is, is now, so many people have Like run with this, like it's gospel That this story is going to be like Years from now, people are going to just act like this is what happened. And here, here is the biggest problem I have with dirt sheets. Look, there, there are several websites that have tens of thousands of followers, and I'm not, I'm not going to give them a plug. If you read any of their reports that they post, like every five minutes, they'll, they'll post a headline. A majority of the time, it, it, it will tell you where it came from. It, it's from Wrestling Observer, or Dave Meltzer. Right. I I mean, that's where it comes. I'm not saying this guy's a liar. Uh, Not saying that at all. But we he has he get I don't think he made. Here's it. I don't think he 
completely makes things up. No, right? Absolutely. I just think he's getting information from people who are who have agendas themselves. Sure. That's and that's how all that's how a lot of sources are, right? I mean, example, uh, Wojnarowski, Adrian Wojnarowski in in the NBA, like he's one of the best at breaking news and this and that. The the problem is is that like anyone, when your sources get a little bit tainted, your information gets a little bit tainted. For right. for like Woj, he had a bad falling out with, or there was some bad interaction with the Lakers a few years back. So you could kind of tell whenever he, and I I know this because. I just follow a lot of other Laker stuff. And so I'll hear things. And then the reports from him are totally different. And it's it's obvious that whoever is giving him information is always trying to blast the Lakers and make them seem dumb. They, they even gave a report one time that said that one of the Lakers, the Lakers president Rob, like of operations right now, Rob Polinka, who was Kobe's agent, they said that he didn't know the basics of the salary cap. And it was like, what? And then, of course, a few days later, <laughs> Everything that they had said was completely wrong, and it's like it's it just the sources that you get sometimes have an agenda. They're wrong, and that information gets tainted, and you can just kind of tell. And so and, that's and, and, and Gino, how many times has he come out done this against AEW? Not a whole lot. None. I've seen a few reports a few. here and there, but a majority a of stuff is, is leaked from WWE. Uh, I mean, it was look to me, it was kind of obvious. Him losing to Kylo, something didn't feel right in that match. I mean, a lot of, you know, look, you mentioned it on this show. A lot of people, you know, a lot of wrestlers, regardless of what they say, want a main event WrestleMania. And then there's some that, you know, maybe they don't want to play for the Lakers or the Yankees. They just want to play professional baseball and be with their friends. And and, and that's what it was with Cole more than anything. I think so, too. He didn't I, blast I, Vince. He didn't no, say a bad word. Neither did no, Daniel he Bryan. He didn't pull us CM Punk. No, he, he didn't. He didn't do that. He, it, they're not going to burn their bridges. Hey, look, ten years from now, there may not be a WWE. Peacock may own them. Somebody else may own them. Uh, you know, a, a Prince may own them. AEW may own them. Vice versa. AEW may not be around in years. You don't burn bridges like this in professional wrestling. Not Inle- especially now. if maybe it wasn't that bad. Now. If right. maybe if, and if you like, you know, Punk. Honestly, of of all the people, Punk had issues, serious issues with them. So I can get him. You know, I can get him blasting them. But then it becomes like a pile on party from everyone. You know, where it's right. like, well, a lot of you guys did seem like you have some pretty good years over there. And you know, Adam Cole's really young. He's only thirty two. He's got a long, he's got contract, like three, four, however many more contracts he wants to have, he's got back and forth. He can go, he can do whatever he wants. And yeah, for him, it just, it seemed like this was made up for him because he's, those are his friends. That's where his girlfriend fiance is right there. You know, that, it, yeah, and, and like, like I told you, um, th- this is AEW uh, is, is not paying WWE type salaries to some of these workers, uh, to a lot. Out of these workers, they're not getting WWE money now. They probably get freedoms. Uh, they work probably a lot less. You're working yep. one night a week. Um, you know, the rest of the shows are taped. You've got you know six pay per views. You're not working on the weekends as much, and, and, and they you probably have a lot more um, uh, control of of things. They probably it, look that backstage is completely different than WWE backstage. Heck, oh, like yeah. TNA Impact was it. 
you know, I talked to, you know, many workers. I mean, there's back there guys throwing footballs in the arena at Team Impact. You, you don't do that at WWE. No, right? it's way different. It's more of a business, right? You wear suits to shows as opposed to, uh, you know what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. right? So, yep, yep. Look, it's whatever makes somebody happy. I, I just, social media has just been. That's the word. When you like, we, it, it's, it, it's, it's a bummer. Is it sort of like, um, it makes you feel, which, which is, which is. I think why we like doing this segment, it makes you feel like if you're not 100% behind every single thing that AEW is doing, that you're stupid, you know, yeah. <laughs> or like, that's what a lot of people try to make you feel. It's like, well, no, they're not perfect. And I can, I, I love the enthusiasm, like watching, for example, on their Wednesday night show that they just had, oh. I thought the show was, was good, like very entertaining throughout. There were they throw a lot at the at the show though which is one of my problems because then a couple of the things didn't get enough time to breathe or really get the focus that I would have liked but the energy and what they're trying and what they're doing is really great but nobody's perfect and and it's it's almost like if we try to say oh this was good on WWE then we're you know WWE shill i love being able to come out somewhere in the middle which is what we always try to do here on uh on uh, this week in wrestling is uh looks like Kevin Owens and Sammy are a couple that apparently their contract <laughs> is coming up soon, not that long. And, uh, you know, it, like those two feel like of all, they would be perfect right in there with AEW. But to the conversation that we've been having again, you watch last night's show, that show is jammed. And they, they have, have five to, matches, Gino, five. And, five and, matches, two hours in, in dozens. It felt like dozens of segments, and some probably didn't need to be on there. And as you said, they didn't get time to breathe or even kind of digest. It was just they like pumped boom, this boom, main boom, event boom, boom. And, and this whole Moxley facing the New Japan guys. And this was at, at least like the biggest name of the New Japan guys that they've had so far. Um, this is someone that a lot of people actually know this name and that people love his, uh, his entrance. I actually had heard that after him showing up at All Out, his entrance song, which is years old, it, you know, five or six years ago when they, they they created the entrance song, that theme went up to like number one of the top songs on the U.S. and iTunes <laughs> Japan iTunes song because all the people from All Out were playing it and they didn't even get enough time to to let him have like a proper entrance. I think the match got like ten minutes or so and it was right. good. It was hard hitting, but you're going to try to have to see that's that's the difference between these two companies right now is that WWE has no problem being the bad guy. Vince and, and and he and even Tony Khan, uh, not Tony Khan, Nick Khan. When you hear him in the interview, like he even wants to be the bad guy. Yep, I'll take all the blame. I'll take the blame. This and that. Like they're they're those corporate kind of bad guys because they just it is is impersonal as possible in in a way. They see a lot of their employees and stuff as assets more so than people, which is how a lot of businesses do it. Coop, you know, it's not like this is oh, something that WWE just is is unique to doing. And it's a and and that's what's really great about AEW. Like from from a working for them standpoint, I'm sure it's great because Tony Khan reaches out with to all of them. They all talk with him. They all, like you said, they get a little bit probably more input. They get to have actual conversations about what they want to do. But there's going to be a point where he has to start being the bad guy and telling people, "Hey, look, we don't have enough time for you," or "No, well, you know we're, what? We're going. Look, man, you know we're going. Uh, what almost three years now." 
into we're going into year number three i believe with aew wwe has two really really strong shows on cable television whether we've not liked raw or not uh their ratings speak for themselves yeah they're not four and five million as they were 10 years ago but uh, we didn't have netflix and and, and they're not going to so get that much lower that i mean they're i, not gonna I get don't that know a lot of people it's... that have cable anymore yeah uh, I, I you know a lot but my my point is we we saw the rampage rating for their go home show last Friday night, and even the AEW hardcore quote unquote journalists out there are now starting to say this show is is just not it, it, it's it's not coming together with their fans. It, it's hit or miss. Uh, you know, one show you have a good rating, the next show it's down four hundred thousand. You know, viewers. It's just not gelling with those, and and it's it's a hard. You know, honestly, it's a hard slot. It it's is. A, it, it is. SmackDown on Friday when when they went back over there. It's hard that, enough. It's that's hard even at that time on national TV earlier in the night. But hey, and let, the, let me tell you this, Gino, in Texas, and I, I know California is big too. Um, uh, football on, 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 on Friday football. night. Texas high school football. I promise you, I promise you. I don't know. I, I'm sure there are a lot of wrestling fans in those stands on Friday night. That's their, even people that are 40 and 50 years old do not have any ties whose son or grandson's playing. This small town, USA, or Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, all that Midwest out there. That, that is a hard time slot. And what SmackDown has been able to do more consistently uh, than Raw, even without Daniel Bryan. Remember in March, we were going, you know, Daniel Bryan was one of the hottest names on, on SmackDown going into WrestleMania. And then his contract's up, he goes away. And the first thing we think of is SmackDown is, is maybe, maybe in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. They nope. kept rolling on and they grind. They may have had a few weeks here or there, but man, they, they kept their footing. So, you know, looking at this AEW programming, five matches uh, on Wednesday night, you know, tons of segments. Uh, you, you've got a, a one hour card on Friday night that was taped Wednesday night after the show. And, I, and I'm sure these matches were good. Um, I don't, I don't. You know, they're not going to fold their tent on Friday night this soon because it would be embarrassing. But that show's not connecting with 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 the wrestling audience. WWE probably wouldn't in that time slot either. So I'm no. not just picking on. AEW. No, no, not at all. It's a hard like you said, it's it's hard unless you're going to be rocking that thing that that hour because of that, because it, it puts you in a weird spot. Right. Because you go, hmm, well, it's a bad time. So honestly, if we jam the show as crazy as possible, what are we going to get? Maybe a million? Is it even worth jamming the show? But you kind of have to do that. You have to make that show at that week feel like an hour that you cannot miss. Otherwise, people will just, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it you know, at the beginning or over the weekend at some point or later. I definitely don't need to watch it live. And that's what's really important right now. Um, so... <laughs> And look, the three hours of Raw, what the last hours is is probably it is the least viewed of the three when they break down the hour ratings. Yep. So if you're if you're watching SmackDown and, and you're going to watch AEW uh, Rampage for an hour, taped matches that if you're a hardcore fan, you've probably already looked at the results. Um, if you don't like them, you may watch them. But 
you know, the last Friday night go home show for their biggest pay-per-view ever up until this date, that was concerning. And, you know, Friday nights are going to be really, really tough for them going forward. They, they can put Adam Cole on there. They're going to get their 700,000. Uh, if that's what they want and they're happy with, then then so be it. But that's that that's not a good sign. We got some pretty uh, scary news about Triple H. He underwent a procedure last week at New uh, New Haven Hospital far, following a cardiac event. It was caused by a genetic heart issue. He's expected to make a full recovery. Um, scary news anytime you hear something like that. Yeah, and I'm a huge Triple H fan. I know this guy gets blasted for a lot of things. Even before his role as executive, I, I, I had the chance to interview him several times uh, when he was under Hearst Helmsley, before he was even Triple H. And, uh, you know, I, I, I respect the, the hell out of this guy. He's uh, say what you want, you know, what you've heard. Which this guy is uh, loves, loves professional wrestling. He was, a, he was one of the best. In ring on the mic, man, this is uh, that 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 was really scary. And uh, for anybody to have any, is uh, you know, it, it's something you want to pay attention to. And let, let's hope that he comes out of this a okay because that guy is uh, you know, company guy. Uh, I mean, Mr. NXT, Triple H, the man, yeah, really, really sad stuff. And yeah, just I wonder. You wonder what he's thinking about all this right now with everything going on, you know? Yeah, I think you made the comment, man, Vince didn't wait very long to take over in. That's not yeah, right. I was like, I think I joked and said I joked and said, was it was it, you know, was it the changes that NXT that caused this or did was it like the procedure and then when he was getting the procedure done, Vince was like, Okay, now's the time. We gotta go take it from him right now. Now is the moment as we uh move along over to smackdown and i thought man smackdown is is it's what why i don't like the conversation of and everything in a in wwe is is bad right now it's not smackdown's really good yeah it's good smackdown is very good and a lot of this show was very good again we kick things off with the uso street profits match that ends up uh being ended by a dq here so they're going to continue to extend this one as you know, this is fine. This feels like a match they want to get to, sort of one of their bigger matches in the tag team division. So they probably want to have this set up for Extreme Rules in a few weeks. So I, you know, I like. I just don't. I I don't want to, you know, see different combinations of them for every week over and over and over again. But you know, I'm sure this will be another good match with these guys in the ring. And you know, this will at some point you wonder if it's the Street Profits moment. But I, I they kind of like doing that bloodline with all the the titles thing right now. Yeah, I know the fans booed the finish, and I and I hate you finish as well. In a title um, match like this, too. Yeah, it's. I, I just really do, and both of these teams can go. Um, and we'll get. A, it's just it's hard to to keep seeing teams over and over. Uh, you're gonna get good quality matches. We saw the Ustos and the Mysterios do it, but yeah, you know, I I don't think the Street Profits win these titles. I, I don't. It doesn't feel that way to me. But you're gonna get some quality matches, and it it was a good match up until the finish. I, I think it was a weak finish, but. At least they didn't get bit pin cleaned, as you said, and and we kind of string this along a little bit through extreme rules. Because I, you know, other than I don't see a whole lot of people in the tag division right now, SmackDown, um, no. who, who's going to come after these tag team titles. So I'm I'm okay with with elevating the Street Profits again. They're entertaining. They're good in the ring. Uh, Montez is really good. Uh, they both are. So I, I'm okay with this. I just I I would rather seen another finish, but at least it wasn't a, a cheesy roll up pin. 
We got a uh, Paul Heyman's phone starting <laughs> to ring. This was good. And it's the Brock Lesnar theme song uh, on his ring. And he tries to press ignore and then he calls it again. And he looks up and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to like completely press ignore because he's on camera. And so if Brock's watching, he doesn't want Brock to see that he would be ignoring his call. So he, you know, Kayla Braxton's like, go ahead, pick it up. And I thought she was actually pretty good here too. Go ahead, you know. Oh yeah. He picks it up. He says, hello. And Brock mentions that he's going to be at SmackDown next week. So he'll be here coming up on Friday. And then as Heyman, like flabbergasted, he doesn't know what to do. He's trying to figure out what he's going to say to Roman. And he turns around and Big E is dressed up like a janitor. <laughs> and, and he pulls the money in the bank briefcase out. And he's just laughing at him. Like, <laughs> which was Big E just like popping out of these nowhere places is actually really starting to get me. Uh, I, I, I pop every time he does. The, the ringtone was just, just right. I mean, he hasn't changed. Or he's got a ringtone for Brock. And, you know, even the segment, you know, later on in the show where, uh, you know, oh, he's calling from Saskatchewan. Well, how do you know where he's calling from? Uh, don't. He could be calling from Minnesota. It's just good, man. I mean, whatever they do and say, it's just been brilliant. And, yeah, Roman says, how do you know he's not <laughs> here tonight? You know? and Exactly. And uh, while we're talking Roman, we might as well just talk about what happened uh, in the main event there. So as Finn Balor makes his his entrance, he gets attacked by the Usos ringside. They beat him up. They toss him into the steel steps. They start, uh, you know, destroying him in the ring. Street Profits come down to make the save. Those are the kind of things that I like, right? When a baby face is getting beat up. They shouldn't get completely destroyed forever. There's, there should be at some point where a couple of the other baby faces from the back come out and help them at least, right? Like this is old school one hundred and one stuff. Where's Hulk Hogan to make the save? You know, like you need to find. You know, there's got to be some. So at least the street profits are there to make the save. And we knew. Here's what I like about this: they are at least protecting Finn. Yes. They they didn't put him in this match to just be fodder. They didn't put him in here to get squashed, to get beat up, and then just to be done. He there's a story they're still telling that Finn has not really got his shot that he deserves in a while. You know, the he deserves this shot. He got hurt. They took it away from him. Finn's pissed off. He doesn't want to wait around anymore and he keeps getting screwed over. And now they've announced that he's got a match at Extreme Rules for the title. They just announced that. And I mean, I'm sure you caught the red lights there at the end of the show. Or, yep. I mean, we have to be getting, you know, the demon demon here pretty soon. I, I, you know, I, I like what they're doing. We know that Me Finn's too. not going to beat Roman Reigns. I, I think we all know that. But, you know, here is a guy that has, you know, again, you look at all these WWE superstars and you start trying to pick out, OK, this guy could be AEW, this guy could be AEW, this guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, this guy could be all of that. You know, he fits right in. I mean, heck, he was doing the, you know, the, you know, sign, you know, with yeah, the, before all these guys were. But before all these guys were. And the fact that they brought him back, you know, he, he had his deal with Roman uh, before SummerSlam and brought him back to do this. I, I, I'm with you. I, I hate to agree with you all the time, but I think the same ways a lot about WWE and, and their storytelling and the red lights going red. Uh, you know, he's not going to be Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. Look, no. Rock's showing up at Madison Square Garden. We're getting a massive, you know, super SmackDown show next Friday night in New York. Um, 
But it's compelling, right? We'll see the Balor in it, in his gimmick stuff against Roman Reigns. It'll be a hell of a match. You know, it, at least it, it makes for an interesting match and not, oh, okay, we're getting in Roman part three. Yeah, maybe we can get either, and if, if it gets told in a different way, if it gets off, be, before we get to Roman and Balor again down the line at some point, maybe we get a Balor-Rollins or a Balor-Edge. Sure, sure. You know, and I, something. I'm perfectly fine with that, dude. Those would be great. Those would be great spots for him. It, I think you hit something too. I think WWE is trying to show, look, we're not, we, you know, there's these rumors of smaller guys and you have to be this or you have to be that. Well, no, I mean, Finn is, is small. Finn is just like an Adam Cole. And it, it, you don't have to be the, the champion to be getting pushed. Finn is in a good spot right now. This is a good spot. Uh, you're in a semi-main event spot. You're going to be in a main event match with Roman. And you feel like they're they're caring about your character. They're not trying to bury him right here. So I think there is a little bit of a point they're trying to prove also and say, hey, look, you know, we have plenty of smaller guys. It, it, they're just like, it, I just think a lot of the rumors that we hear are are not accurate. And I think we'll even see that in some of the stuff that happened this week with NXT. But um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Roman, Finn, Brock, Seth. Edge everything towards the top of the main event on SmackDown, and this is right after John Cena just came in and then dropped right out and just said, "I'm cool, I'm out," and like, here you go, everybody else, you take you take it away. Yeah, and, and look, even even with Cesaro, the Cesaro Seth Rollins, right? I, I, again, not a big fan of the finish cue, you know. But Edge comes out, makes a save. Hey, look, it it was it was really fun. I, I I'm all for Cesaro. In- and Rollins going at it again. You know, the finishes, I, I, it's easy for them to go to that to protect yep. these players. And that's fine because we've seen Cesaro get buried, you know, several times. And he resigns his big contract with WWE and he kind of gets lost again. I'm all for him getting back on me and, and being in meaningful nine to ten minutes. We, we said it last week and a couple of weeks ago. If, and we said the same with Ricochet. Just put him in a, a meaningful match, not like one of these, you know, two-minute uh, Sami Zayn, Dominic Mysterio, or this two-minute Rick Boogs, you know, Dolph Ziggler gimmick match. If you're going to put a wrestler in a match, at least let him wrestle and and have eight to ten minutes. And that's what they did with Cesaro here. So the booking is is ha, has been fine with me on SmackDown. Okay, I have no issue with that. It, it's it's some of the things that they've done on Raw, but I'll say this: Raw has been much much better. I like SmackDown. Look. The Becky Bianca stuff is really good right now. It is. It's really good. And Compelling. She, she pops, and then she says, "Nah, I'm I'm not gonna give you, not gonna nah. give you the rematch you deserve." I, I I just love it. And look, and Bianca, I, I wasn't all for the smiling, you know, when she was the champion and everything was glee. She hasn't really been that been that way since you know since losing your title at SummerSlam. She's acting like a real person would act. Yes. She's just and, acting and like a normal key. person. And that is key. SmackDown has been, I, I'm sorry, I know people don't want to hear it. SmackDown has been A+. It's been the best show for wrestling for, for quite a while now. I completely agree. There's just, and I, I, think, I do think a lot of it has to do with it being two hours versus the three on Monday Night Raw. There's just yes. less bad, right? You can yes. do, that. that's what happens with AEW on Wednesday. They can pack a lot more into it. And then when you go through, there, even the bad things don't go on and drag on forever, you know that, and that's what it, you feel on Monday Night Raw that they're trying to fill time, and we'll, we'll talk about it. You felt it this week too, even though what happened was good. It doesn't feel that way on SmackDown. It, it, you know, it feels like they have a lot of things that they're excited for, 
heck, they're pushing uh, Rick Boogs a little bit here. <laughs> Boogs gets a win over uh, over Ziggs, and then uh, he stands tall there. And even with Roll- uh, Rollins and Cesaro, like you said, I don't I don't love the ending. But what's good is that they're telling a story now that by losing to Seth, by losing to Edge, Seth has become this guy now. He's right. he's really evil. He's gonna have to do things that he wouldn't do before. And so that at least it wasn't just DQ, stupid DQ for no reason. It's yeah. a DQ to tell sort of and, and I agree with you, you know, it, it's better than just another random DQ in a match there. So at least it's sort of I'm excited for him and Edge this weekend. And and that this this weekend on Friday, that's gonna be a, a match that I, I think at Madison Square Garden, you're gonna have that match. And if it's anything like you know the times we've seen them before. Everything they've done in their lead up and in their other match was really good. So I'm I'm pretty pumped for this one. Yeah, look, if wrestlers, if we can't complain, yeah, we want Cesaro to be Rollins, but look, at the end of the day, does doesn't really really matter. Not if you have a meaningful match, I say no. It yeah, look, I know wins and losses do matter, but it. it if a, a, a Cesaro type gets in there and gives you an incredible match against Seth Rollins, who we know now is a dick, right? And he's got to do whatever he's got to do to win, cheat, to get out of it. I'm okay with it. it, it it's these before the matches, you get attacked, uh, or it's a two-minute deal, somebody interferes, or we get a chair shot, or we get a low blow, or a roll-up. Those are the type I don't want. So I have no complaints, Cesaro and Rollins. Would I've seen it, like to have seen it some other way? Sure, but I have zero complaints because it's meaningful and it told a story. Corbin, happy Corbin and Owens <laughs> were in there uh, with Logan Paul just getting booed out of the freaking building. Um, so I, usually, I, usually I don't like these type of segments. I was all for this KO show. I like yeah, it. Yeah, this, this was pretty funny. Um, they end up, you know, screwing over Owens here, Corbin and, and Paul, a hug, and, you know, L- Owens is uh, on the floor. He gets choke slammed. I, I wonder, you know, it'll probably be Owens, Corbin, something at Extreme Rules, and there might be some more Paul involvement. But yeah, this is fine. I didn't I didn't hate this because at least they're using him the right way now. He's a heel. Get him booed. And then at the end, make sure Owens gets to stun him and get his comeuppance uh, at, at some point. So, you know, that's. That's fine. I didn't have any you know, problems with that. We're, you know, we're getting a little long in the Mysterio thing. It's kind of the same thing over and over. Uh, Dominic loses to Sammy. And I don't, Dominic isn't bad, but he's not great. You know, like he's just, I, I think if he wasn't Rey Mysterio's son, we probably wouldn't be seeing him on TV. And that and that's fine because there's a, there's story there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I compare him to some of the guys of the same age, like like a Jungle Boy in AEW, or you know, even some of like he doesn't seem like a some of the breakout stars in in NXT. No. He just I, I I don't know. It hasn't I don't it, know if, it's, if him on his own is going to connect. Look, I, I am one hundred percent here. The way you go is look. <laughs> They have to know that Ray and Dominic is the storyline, right? Maybe they're building this where he keeps losing these, what, two, three-minute matches uh, to people. I I mean, look, this wasn't even really a match. I I think it got two minutes. Um, Yeah, it's not fun. We just talked about it. If you're going to let guys work, let them work. But he's one of those types. He has looked great with pairing with somebody great. And I'm not talking about Sami Zayn. 
but he's been in some really good tag matches with Ray and the Usos. So they're going to make you look good. They could probably make you and I look good. We look, we could be the hoods, the two two guy in hoods, hood one and hood two, and we probably are going to have some five star matches to our caliber. So I just hope we're we're getting something here soon where Dominic just goes crazy and gets all ticked off and says, "Look, I've had enough." And but we we can't watch him lose two minute matches many more weeks in a row. And, and give a crap about him anymore. We got that main event match with Roman in with Finn And Finn was already, you know, beat down before And, you know, Roman applies the guillotine And Balor fades He doesn't tap out or anything Which is, the, the you have to do that as a babyface Babyface can't be tapping out, right? They just gotta no. get passed out in like this So Finn never taps And you know, Roman stands tall But their, Roman's music is interrupted by a red light And then a heartbeat <laughs> so, little uh, little tease of the demon perhaps We will get over to Raw in a minute But um, I just saw the ratings pop out for AEW We we okay. played this game the other day We're coming off of All Out We guessed And I, I, I think I told you 1-5 when I guessed Something in that range It was 1-3-2 Which is a very, very good rating for AEW It's a very good rating in general It just was, was one that That's It'll be interesting to see if that is their, you know, they're going to come back to life from that or do they now start living in a different area? Do they live now in the 1-1 to 1-3? Are they going to come back down to a million like where they were because they got the pop from CM Pump and then it came back down a few weeks? Do they get the same pop coming off of All Out because this was a show where they threw a lot. I mean, you knew you were going to get to see CM Punk, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, all on this show coming off of All Out. And there has been a lot of buzz off of that one. So you wonder, they're not going to have a Sunday pay-per-view and all these crazy debuts and all this buzz to to build off of. Or is this, you know, where they're going to be in this range from now on moving forward? Uh, it, it's their range. I, I, <clears throat> I, I'm, a, I'm a gambling man. I'm a betting man. I, I thought... They had the opportunity to crack their, you know, their record, which was their, was that their first show or maybe yeah, I think the another, first, the first ever one, right? Their first, first ever, ever episode. one, which was a massive rating and one five or six, uh, look, I think. Look in 1.3, look, anything 1 million these days has been good. I mean, heck, not to get off, you know, track, but, you know. People laugh at 600,000, and I think NXT was 700,000, 717, which was their lowest on sci-fi ever. Um, it's funny to see, well, they, you know, they're number one in 18 to 45 demo and all this. Other than maybe some business people that look at that and say, hey, we want to we wanna buy an ad in, in this quarter of this hour, don't pull that number with me. It's all about the it's all about the overall number or the average. And I, this is what they're going to get. You look, unless you pull, I don't even know who you could bring over right now from WWE. You would have to bring a Rock, uh, a Cena, or somebody for make those ratings go up. But last Friday was bad. You had a, a pretty good pay per view. Um, I, I thought there was some hits and misses. Um, then you have all the buzz going into Wednesday. Um, you had look raw on a labor day up against college football, uh, NXT's taped again. So you're, you're, you have all the big momentum. I, I thought AEW dynamite was okay. I thought this show 
they would throw everything at the wall because we have no momentum. We want to pop this big number. I even saw a few AEW fans say, ah, it was, you know, it yeah, I agree. Good. It, was, it was good. It was, it was but, good. But they want to, they want to see these guys work. And, um, you know, you know, CM Punk, I, is, is he going to feud with mid card guys? I, look, I'm not, I'm not crapping on Darby, uh, Darby at all, but, I mean, who are we going to see CM Punk with? You know, we, we've got Daniel Bryan paired with, with Jurassic Express and Christian Cage against the Elite. You know, Adam Cole is with the Elite. I, I just thought, how many times are we going to be okay with CM Punk doing promos in the ring? So 1.3, nothing, nothing, nothing to cry about. That That's that's good. But I think we know where, where AEW stands now because I, I, I thought this one would be me too. I think both can be. That's a good number, but it's also a number that I thought was going to be higher. I think just in the most basic way possible. I we talked about it. I predicted probably one five because it felt like okay. Now you got everybody coming off that pay per view. Everybody's kind of curious to see what's going to happen. And next week will be the one I'm the most intrigued by because next week it'll be another one. You're going to build up to that Arthur Ashe show, but but that is the thing where they wait where they have a couple big shows still coming up right now. So they might get another big rating in a few weeks because that's not a pay-per-view. That's just going to be right. That's just going to be a show on Dynamite when they run that that New York Arthur Ashe show. Um, yeah, that, so they're calling it Dynamite Grand Slam, Gino. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll we'll see where they go. And we're talking AEW, so let's jump into AEW, and we'll come back oh, and we'll hit yeah. and we'll come back and hit Raw yeah. and, uh, and NXT afterwards. So we open the the show with Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes and. You know, a couple things. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel I have completely different, conflicting emotions about this match because I love Dustin and seeing Dustin out there and still in shape and still looking really good. I I liked seeing that. I did think it was weird that this was definitely the like the farthest anyone has taken Malachi Black and the way that Dustin is portrayed as a character on that show doesn't really add up. With him getting competitive with Black But if you want to sell me on it Because of the brother involvement And the fact that this is something that meant a little bit more to Dustin I'm okay with that So, you know, Malachi Black They haven't, they've done everything very well with him He, every time he's on TV I think they do a pretty good job with him He just definitely feels like a little bit of old news With all these new guys coming in Do you think this was okay placement for him? This opening match? Or would you rather have seen him Further middle of the car. card. Yeah, I think you may have you may have wanted more of like a banger to open the show. Yeah. Kind of a match, you know, if you're gonna have some sort of but there wasn't really like you weren't gonna open with Moxley. And and maybe and honestly, they maybe should have done that. Yeah. Because they should have opened with that Moxley Suzuki match. You get the entrance for Suzuki right off the bat, you get Moxley, you have the win, and then at the end you can have the elite segment, you know. <laughs> You can have, that can be the segment where you go off the air with Brian Danielson and everybody chanting, you know, and, and that and that's fine. Um, so maybe just yeah, maybe the order of things. I didn't I didn't hate this. I did just think it was weird that they did give Dustin so much time with him. But then again, yeah. like my battle back is I like Dustin. It's cool to see him. It just there was something a tad bit off about like the work was fine. The match was a little sloppy. It was. It, it, it points, but but it was intense. So if it's a tense, I don't mind it being a little bit sloppy when there's a little more real to it. Um, didn't didn't dislike it, but didn't love it. You know, 
kind of yeah things I would have could have seen a little bit different, but I was okay with it. Yeah, I, I you know he he doesn't feel as, as important. Look, the AEW crowd is going to make you think a hot opener. Um, I, it, it, I you bring up a very good point. I, I thought you know this is good old boy booking here. I have no problems with Dustin Rhodes. Nice guy. I know he does a lot of training with a lot of guys and girls, you know, here in Texas. Um, I think he's got the Dustin Rhodes Wrestling Academy that just opened here, you know, earlier this summer. I I just don't think it should have been that long. And I understand we're leading up to Malachi and Cody again in two weeks on EW Dynamite Grand Slam. But, you know, we've kind of already seen that match. You know, this this here is is a little WWE booking. I get the storyline. I get, the you know, the brothers. But I I would have made Malachi. Malachi look really, really, really completely really, agree. Really, really I would have had him crush Dustin. Yes, and yes. make and Dustin like crying. And you know, yeah, we got the blood there at the end. That doesn't, like I said, it, it never really does. But I, I thought this could have been placed somewhere else. After looking at this five match, I would rather seen Moxley uh, and Suzuki go uh, the opener, especially with that uh, with the entrance. We got a couple quick little backstage segments. We got a lot of these little look ins. Lucha Brothers showing off the new titles. They talk about, uh, you know, it's a new era. Anyone who's willing to suffer can try to take the titles away from them. And then we got a quick look at Eddie Kingston backstage, talked about his match with Miro. He said they went at it like men, but then Miro had to use a low blow. And then Miro says he's going to offer up Kingston's broken bones to God. So look, and imagine we get these two again at Grand Slam. If you're going, if Kingston's ever going to win this title, that's the time you do it right there in New York. Yeah, New York, right? I, I mean, I hate it for Miro. Uh, Me too. If they and, and do they want the cheap pops? Because they can do that with them, and they can do it with Santana and Ortiz. They got a couple of New York people they can do the cheap pops with. You know, it definitely looks like they're into the cheap pops. You know, Miro had was been was horribly booked, and then they turned him around, and he's won this title, and then they kept him off TV, or they kept him off in ring for I don't know how many weeks, and he's basically your TV champion. It feels like I, I don't know if they'll give Kingston the title. I, I, I really do think that they like Miro and this is the way they want to keep going. If there wasn't a New York show, there would be not a thought yes. in my head that Kingston's but winning the title. To throw that in there. That's one of those against the spread type. Look, I, yep. I love this team this Saturday. It, 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 nothing get you know, they're minus four and a half. I, I'm <laughs> taking it. And then Gino goes, Well, the visitor, the underdog, has covered nine of the last 11 games. <laughs> yep. Trophy games. And I'm like, Ah, you, you do bring up a valid point. And AEW loves those cheap pops, man. Yeah. They do the hometown stuff, which is good. You know, like I it prefer. I'd prefer that to the way WWE does. You don't want to lean into it too much to where you, you make something that's not. You know, part of the storyline, you, you have to force it in there, but it's way better than making someone embarrassed in their hometown, which which we see Vinnie Mac love to do quite quite often uh, there. Um, and then Punk comes out to talk, and it's fine. You know, he gets the "You still got it" chance, and he's cutting his promo. He's talking about how he's excited. He's setting up the crowd. What's funny is, uh, I think somebody said I saw like. I didn't realize we were going to get hype man, John Cena, CM Punk, you know, like he's, he's coming out like what Cena does at the show, at the beginning of the show, hyping the show. Hey, here's what we got on the card tonight for you. You know, it's going to be Moxley and Suzuki in the main event and, and he's all smiling and it's, you know, it's just, uh, that's, that's not who CM Punk is. No, and, and I don't and like it. 
fine now because we haven't seen him, so it's just cool for a few weeks. But it it can't go on long, and it's not going to go on long. At least we know he he's going to be in a feud with Team Taz. So Taz interrupts him, which was really funny. There and the the the, the only thing that's off about this was so Punk has mentioned Starks and Hobbs as guys, young guys he wants to work with in a lot of his interviews and in stuff that he's done, but. When he was in this particular promo When he was standing in the ring Punk didn't mention either one of them no. And so if he should have mentioned One of them and that should have been the reason Why Taz stood up But Taz says don't you even think about mentioning them And Punk was like I didn't And he's like well yeah not now But you did it other time It was just a little forced It, it just could have been very easily fixed If Punk would have just said Starks or Hobbs You know those are guys And then Taz could have said don't take them words Take them out of your mouth you know blah blah They'll kick your ass that's fine You, you were just a little off um, there And yeah, it's mid card Punk I it mean, is. Fans, I no, love it Ricky is. Starks Look but this is Look Hobbs got a, a freaking match On this show and I'm not I'm not Crapping on Hobbs but I'm like Okay, uh, I, I just—I mean—and then we're beating Dante Martin, who you know has tons of buzz. He, he's buried now, but I just feel like it's kind of mid-card punk right now. And look, it even is. Daniel Bryan mentioned something after uh, All Out when they're doing the uh, the the post-event press conference. He said, "Hey, look, I I, I I'm not seeing punk. I I want to crash these guys' skulls in." He's, he I, said, "I, I, I don't want to wrestle these young guys. I want to kick their ass." There you go. That's what and, he said. <laughs> and that's what I, I it, look. I know Punk is happy to be there. We get that, buddy. We get that from you, or you wouldn't be here. Let's go to work. <laughs> yeah. Now let's go to the real CM Punk. Let's start cutting some promos. Maybe, maybe he felt, and maybe this was his call, and he, he, maybe he felt after. Okay, I need to work a little bit more because you know you and I didn't talk on this show about his All Out match. I talked about All Out a little bit the other day, and the show was pretty good. That was one of the, my least favorite things on the show. I, I didn't think it was a good choice for the match because it it sort of felt like it brought Darby down a little bit. They didn't have a real banger. The style that he was choosing to work was a little a little strange. And so maybe he feels like he needs. I'll tell you right now though, both Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole feel hotter than CM Punk. One hundred percent. And I'm not scared to say it. I, I no. mean it just does. I mean CM they Punk. Do. I know Daniel Bryant. How old's Daniel? Gino, you know all the stats. He's, he's not old. Younger, okay, like a late thirties. Yeah. Okay. So CM Punk uh, just looks to me just so much more older than Daniel Bryant. It just feels older. Maybe I think it's that's because, why he shaved, right? Because yeah, he had the, the, the uh, so Daniel Bryant's forty exactly. Okay. So, and, and CM Punk is a few years older than that. And but you could see it. You 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 hit the. You could see it in his beard. You and, and, and the gray, and remember Edge did this earlier too But I think Edge isn't worried about looking old right now anymore Because he is the older veteran sure. kind of guy But you, um, yeah, I and I think Punk will I do think if you let Punk turn heel Like as soon as Punk starts talking shit to the young guys I'm gonna love it Sure As soon as he starts saying like Okay, all of you guys, like, you know, your company was good, but then I came here and I put this on the map. Like, whenever he starts doing sort of what Jericho was doing at the beginning, you know, I'm AEW. I'm the reason why people are watching. Like, that'll that'll get me more excited about seeing Jungle Boy or Sammy come out to, to you know, to face him. I want heel punk. I want cheat punk because this punk is something that 
uh, we've hit on for a while. This version of punk in this day and age, everybody's a good wrestler. Like everybody can can have the matches that punk was having ten years ago when when not very many people were having those matches and where he stood out for being that good in the ring. Heck, the two guys that came in on Sunday night might be are better in the ring right now than him, Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and we're paying homage to you know Bret Hart and uh, the, the Sean Waltman. Yeah, <laughs> one, two, three, I did kid. like that spot. That was a Which, cool spot. Yeah, I, I I have zero qualms about that. But it just you know okay, CM Punk. Uh, it was it was a little gonna, off. It yeah, just felt it, sort of like a C plus to me. Yeah, I, I didn't like the promo. I didn't like it. Um, if you're gonna keep Punk specialty and have him work every now and then. Uh, I mean, let him let him be a commentator in a match. He's done that for MMA and in and, and indie wrestling promotions. But it definitely his seven, eight years, however long it's been him out of wrestling, you can definitely see that the pop is there. But man, Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole just look light years younger than he does. We uh, got. Uh, I, I will say, Linda Tillman <laughs> is the star of the show. Aunt Linda. Uh, between Punk and then in a moment, whatever happens later with uh, with Brian Jr., you know, Punk mentioning her and you know him pumping some of the young guys and the young gals. Like I'll I'll get a kick out of a little bit, but it's just it's a little like it's almost like he's playing up to it. It, it. And if he's like laying it on thick, and then he in a few soon becomes just this horrible heel, then I'll really get excited. Like if if we could tell that he, but if if he's just gonna go with this for another couple months, I'm. It's not interesting. That's why babyface versus babyface matches don't really work all that often. That's why they don't sell WrestleMania and big shows around babyface babyface matches because there has to be a little bit of personal animosity there. Look how much better MJF's promo was than Sam's right? promo. I and agree. They, they were based around Aunt Linda for someone because yep. you know <laughs> you're right. I, I just hey look man, I mean he's there. I just I don't need baby face promos from CM Punk every week. That's not going to get it, and it kind of ruins it a little bit. I, yeah. I maybe that's what he wants to do. I don't know, but it's not the CM Punk who I expected. We got Santana and Ortiz. They real quickly said they're ready to focus on the rest of the tank team division. They're ready to climb the ladder. We're the best. I mean, we got a lot of these little quick clips, yeah. which are it, it's good. You know, I'd rather see people on TV than not. But the problem is. Is you end up doing, you know, how many four or five of those kind of things, and now that ends up being six or seven minutes that you probably could have given the the main event match and made it a little bit better. You could have given a couple other things a little bit more time to breathe instead of really trying to go boom, 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 boom. Uh, we went right backstage again. Ruby Soho with Shivani. This was this was fine. Um, Ruby does better. I gotta say the the backstage segment. I really I enjoyed I thought the interaction and stuff was good because her and Brit know each other Brit is such a freaking star you know yeah. and and she says to Tony I know she's your girl but I'm gonna come to whoop her ass which I, I I liked but then the match I thought was not good no I, I didn't think that I don't know and I don't know who who it was but there was a lot of excitement to see her wrestle and have her come in the ring and it was it was kind of slow. It went on way too long for her first match for someone that she should just be squatching. It was a little bit clunky. So it was, it was crazy because I'm I watching the backstage segment. I'm going like, wow, she really does feel like a big star. Like she feels like she's on the level with Brit, which like no other women in this division do. Right. And then she came out in the ring, and the match wasn't very good. 
I don't know. Yeah. Did you like the match? No, it, look, it, it wasn't good. And and Jamie Hader, they bring her in, and she's already jobbing, right? And then we get a, you know, after the match, you know, we get a a, a six woman tag is announced for Friday night with Britt Rebel and Jamie against Ruby, Chris, and Riho. I this there's some WWE booking going here. You people are don't, don't want to hear it. I don't care. We're we're seeing rematches. Um. This is WWE booking to me, but Ruby Solo has been a was a big signing for this division. I, I thought the women's casino battle royale, I thought it was poorly placed um, on the uh, the all out card. I thought it probably should have went before Britt's actual match. The match itself didn't do anything for me. Um, this match didn't do anything either, man. It didn't take very long for Jamie to job. I don't know, man. It's it's top heavy in this women's division. Uh, it, it's a couple of girls and then everyone else. And uh, you know, it, it, she brought a lot of pop to the women's division. But this, we got to pump the brakes that Ruby is. Uh, you know, she, Ruby is Oscar. I know because she looks, she looks and acts, and she's got the different look. So she comes off like a big star, and yes. the crowd was so excited to see her. They were popping for her. Even the interactions back, she just seems like natural on the mic. Right, and she she seems very much like she's talking in her own words. She's not cutting like a a Fed promo. And then I know she's I know that Ruby is a lot better in the ring than that match there. So I don't know if it was maybe Hater still green or just a bad combination or they I, whatever it was. It yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best for her first singles match on and for everybody to get a look on TV. And I, I don't, I'm not blaming it on either one of them. It just whatever it was, it I didn't come off all that great. Um, again, just like a lot of these quick things backstage, we got Dan Lambert talking more <laughs> trash. He says they're bringing in every skinny little dork to cover up the truth. A- again, he he's entertaining. He cuts yes. good promos and stuff. I I just don't know why they're connected. Like you're, I don't know either. Him and you're tell so you're telling me that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are the two badass men. Like this is a guy who should be with Archer or someone like that. You know, not yeah, who've already been defeated by Darby and Sting. You know, uh, yeah. multiple times with singles and, and, and tags. And yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't have a problem with Dan Lambert because he's entertaining. But I don't know what this has to do with professional wrestling or these the two guys with him that just stand no, there and don't say they never sense. once acted like they they never cut cut promos before and said yeah we're the tough men or we're this or we're that we're it's just snowflakes i think he mentioned the word snowflakes yeah. or something like he, that was he going to come out with next liberal liberal <laughs> i'm sure scorpio scorpio's guy is going to enjoy that yeah right um yeah it's it, it's weird I, I, i'll 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 let the jury play out you know the jury's out still i'll let it play out a little bit more but i i like the pieces all of them actually we we both were high on these two guys they're both entertaining uh, yes. Especially, you know, like they could be a fine heel. They could have been the heel tag team that's kind of doing what 2.0 is doing. You know, yes. like it could be like a main event jobber to the stars tag team, and Who they could absolutely. Seen. You know, yeah, no. It's, now, now I know. Like, where did they pop up after the last week? Um, but it just seemed they just seemed so weird to be, you know, with with Lambert. Um, then uh, we got Matt Hardy. <laughs> this this was. This was actually kind of funny. He's <laughs> talking about Orange Cassidy running his fingers through his hair, and he's going to shave Cassidy's hair. You know, he's cutting this promo on him. You know, I'm going to do this. And then we cut, and it's Orange Cassidy, and he just says, 
Matt Hardy wants to cut my hair. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh, you know. Um, although he's just another one, though. You feel bad about. I mean, this guy okay. was in the main event. He was wrestling Kenny Omega. This guy had a a match where he beat Jericho and threw him in a pool of uh, orange juice. You know, mimosa. Yeah, uh, that is what the uh, now he's feuding with uh, the Hardy no. family office. I think that's what Harley Hardy calls these people now. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, man. Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad. At least he's on TV. But uh, you know, to he, get Orange Cassidy, he has to be in the ring with that gimmick, right? Yep. It yep. just does for me. Yep. Is uh, MJF? This was my favorite part of the show. Um, One, uh, th- this was the show right here. MJF comes out and he cuts a promo. Talks about how he lost to Jericho at all out, but he says he beat Jericho three times before that, and he he said he beat him again on. Uh, Sunday, which he he kind of did. That was very WWE booking. We talked about WWE booking. Yes. That was like a <laughs> dusty finish, if like to the end, you know. Um, he he starts ripping on Cincinnati. He says it's called the Midwest because everything is mid. He makes fun <laughs> of Skyline Chili. He says the Reds suck. He says if they have a problem, why don't you jump the guardrail and so I can beat you all up? He says they won't because you're cowards. Then he starts going at Aunt Linda. Aunt Linda. And the rest of Pillman Jr.'s family. And poor Aunt Linda, you could tell she couldn't. She was trying to not smile, but she couldn't. She couldn't. She was having just too much fun being a part of this all. You know, I think (laughs) she was getting a kick out of just being, you know. And he's ripping her and she's kind of like trying to have a angry looking face as he's blasting the whole family. He, uh, He goes over. And he calls, he looks at Brian uh, Pillman Jr.'s daughter and he calls her 16 and pregnant. <laughs> and he, it, I mean, that is the thing about MJF. He is one of the only people in this modern era who does not give an F about selling his t shirts, about signing an autograph to somebody, you know, walking down the street, about getting a nice compliment from someone on Twitter. He lives this gimmick. And I don't I, I watch him and I think about him and I don't think this guy can ever be a baby face. No. And and look, if you disagree with me, hey, that's fine. After this promo, aren't you looking forward in two weeks? Um an AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, wouldn't you rather uh see MJF and Pillman? Does that match Pillman Jr. elude you more than Cody and Malachi Black? Honestly. It does for me now. It, it does for me now after this promo. I want to see Pillman punch him, but you know it's going to happen. Pillman won't get the win. MJF will end up getting the win, but Pillman but will hopefully get some comeuppance. You know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it'll elevate Pillman a little bit. It already has. It, it already has. This was the biggest him, moment of his life. Yeah, it gets him into the conversation, and, and you make MJF look like a bigger dick than he already is. But after this promo and – Malachi Black's match with Dustin Rose. And I know next week he's going to be fighting or, or something. We're, we're going to get something they said uh, on social media earlier today that they're going to face off. I would rather see MJF, or, or, you'd rather see them more. Now, Cody and Malachi will probably put on a five star match, whatever. And I'll just have to, you know, eat my crow next week. But after that promo, I'm more excited about this match than any other. The end of this was with Pillman Jr., you know, interrupting. My only gripe, my only gripe with this was 
it maybe took him a little too long to actually go after MJF because if someone's running down your mom and your family like that, I'm not going to come out and try to. He tr- he had to come out and try to rally the crowd and the troops and stuff. And and I thought he did really well. My my only just nitpicking is that when someone's calling your family out, you probably go after them. But it, the line that MJF, you know, he. Um, Pillman says, you know, we're all from Cincinnati We're badasses, welcome to the jungle He mentions his father And Moxley and guys who have, you have to work hard And then MJF says He calls his mom Melanie Methany Who has no Meth, pro, meth addiction sure. And she's been on the dark side of the ring Recently uh, So that's the, that's the line that gets Pillman going So he goes down to the ring Wardlow steps in and then MJF talks shit to Wardlow. He said, "Where are you? Are you gonna help me like you did on Sunday? Yeah. Go stand in the corner and look pretty." I mean, then MJF says that Pillman's mother should have aborted him. <laughs> At one point, he says something about how she should have swallowed instead of, you know, just like it was really, brutal, but just you know, and I look, that pro- yeah, and the promo and the Wardlow. You know, after this with Pillman Jr., you know, we've been talking about it. Wardlow and him are probably split, split sooner rather than later. Um, you know, there's that. You know, we were kind of worried about Jericho beating him uh, on All Out. Well, worry no more because you don't even remember that match after that promo. No, no. This was Beautiful. good. This was good, and I'm pumped. I want to see what happens. I want to see Brian Pillman Jr. get a little comeuppance in a few weeks. Uh, we mentioned the Ruby match. Um, we got a match that, you know, this is another one where, unfortunately, it's probably not a match. Now, when you have so much top talent, you know, John Silver, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson with 5'10", and Cole Cabana versus Spears, FTR with Wardlow and Tully, like, probably not a dynamite-level match. And that you, you may have been able to use some of that time elsewhere, although after the match where FTR and Sean Spears win, Tully, uh, we, we see, you know, the Dark Order Fighting a little bit and they talk about how they need A leader so maybe Maybe that's Bray Wyatt You think maybe, so or do you think Maybe it's a tease to come back for for Paige just to come back You know he was their their kind of leader Maybe it's a way to get Paige back in Yeah I don't know I, I'm, not, I'm not sure um, I'm, I'm kind of curious But we did get Tully Blanchard <laughs> Call it Mentioning that he's Going to get back in the ring at some point With Sting so I mean there's that <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Uh, I, just, I I don't know. Look, uh, what what we get? Where we get a match out of this? We're getting uh, Sean Spears and Darby on Friday night Rampage. I think that was announced from this promo. That that will probably be okay. Um, it, again, it, it just I don't get the all the old timers. Where's Archer? Where where's where's some of these? Um, Archer was in the main event. Three weeks ago in Texas and a- in AEW, and he and he won the what what title did he win? One of those New Japan titles? Yeah, the U.S. title. Yeah, so we we just I'm not following him over there on Monday and Tuesdays for dark and, and dark elevation. Heck, I've even stopped looking at those results. Um, yeah, this is it's, it's a lot. It's a lot going it, on now. And, and look, we get Brian Cage. I don't know if we've passed that or if that was further in the show. There's a reason why I want to bring this up in case, in case we forget to mention it. Brian Cage wants another one-on-one with Ricky Starks, right? We've been there, done that. Well, we knew something sooner rather than later. Not everything could be cheeky and rosy. 
in AEW, especially when Brian Cage, who's smoking hot wife, Melissa Santos, has been very vocal about just about anything. Well, she just tweeted a few minutes ago. I'm just going to leave this right here. And she tags AEW and AEW on TNT. And it is a quote. It is a question. I don't know where it comes, but it says, is AEW missing, misusing Brian Cage? He should be on Brock Lesnar level, ripping through talent with Taz via his mouthpiece. The answer, which I don't know who this came from, says Cage is, to me, lost in the shuffle right now. He and Powerhouse Hobbs could be an excellent tag team, and Cage in his own right is a top guy in every sense of the word. AEW just hasn't seemed to realize that yet. Hopefully, once the dust settles from the new arrivals, Cage will get his opportunity and have a chance to shine. And boy, did it stir up a hornet's because now she is going at it with AEW fans. It's kind of like uh, what Reba Hardy used to do Matt, Matt Hardy's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, this is going on right now on Twitter, and he's involved, and AEW fans involved. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to see Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, but we're going to get that probably on Monday, Tuesday, or Friday night. You know, I, I, I love Ricky Starks. I have no problem with Brian Cage, but you are about to see a lot more of the Brian Cage type workers, and I'm not talking physical physicality you're just going to see a lot of those guys get thrown to the side i'm sorry that you gino you warned us of this you warned us this is a possibility and here's the here's the first crack after the first three or four big signings you got punk you've got cole you got brian danielson ruby soho lord knows who else they're going to bring in well we already saw andrade oh yeah like a tweet that said Andrade, why is he being pushed to Friday nights and this and that? So he already feels like sure. he hasn't been, you know, and and some of the young guys, it's cool to hug and take pictures and be in the ring with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and stuff right when they come in. But then it's it's in a month work? or two when you really are like, Wow, I haven't been on TV very much. You know, or that that's when things start to change as uh the elite make their way out to the ring and uh, Adam Cole Comes out and everybody's excited to see Adam Cole They're doing the baby and right after he does Baby he walks over to Tony Shivani and he just says I know you're friends with Britt Baker but even If you if you ever look at her weird I'm gonna Whoop your ass he says get out of the ring Nerd I did this, like that I did like great. that I mean, he's a star man Yeah he is he comes I, in and he feels like a star And it's such a bummer that if you're WWE You you know And I think now I don't think it would have mattered, like we said. This was here he wanted to be with his friends and with his family and stuff. But this guy's a star. Wherever he goes, he's always going to come off like a star because he carries himself that way and he's got a presence and he's damn good on the mic. Yeah, and, and it looks like we're going to have the elite uh, against this group. Um, you know, uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic Park, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage. I thought Christian Cage. <laughs> 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 I, I watched that movie over the weekend on Labor Day. There was a, oh yeah. yeah so I watch. I watched one and two. Um, you know the Christian Cage match with Kenny Omega was not good. Uh, it, it just wasn't a good main event. N- nowhere, nowhere. The Rampage match was better. Yeah, not not one time in that match did I think Christian Cage was going to win. You know, I, I just didn't. Twenty something minutes long. Um, you know, you have Cole and, and, and Brian Danielson who who come out and, and, and save that match after the match uh, because it was it just really didn't do anything. So it's kind of interesting to see that they're, you know, Brian Danielson is kind of teaming up 
um, here with uh, the Express and Christian Cage and gonna, and gonna battle the Elite. And then you, what do you think about Adam Cole's first match coming next Wednesday night against Frankie Kazarian? Yeah, I think it's I figure they probably have put it on the pay per view or the two weeks from now, just two weeks on the Grand Slam show. Yeah. Um, again, it's you know it's like Kazarian pops out of nowhere. He does the Elite Hunter and then he's gone for three weeks. We don't see him at, any at well, all. We- We've seen that match. I have multiple times in Ring of Honor, and, and that's look, why they're doing it. I know no, they just one has probably wrestled every one at some point, but that doesn't really seem fresh to me. If you're going to make that match, Frankie should have been involved. He should be involved in this angle, no. just going after them. Jungle Boy would be the best choice right now. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yes, that would be I a good so. choice. And then yeah. you, you, you know, it looks like Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson is going to be in, involved with Omega. Um, you know, he said. You know, I'm I'm gonna challenge you. And Omega said something like, "No, that doesn't work around here. You don't just do it." And he said, "Yeah, it does." You know, he basically <laughs> was like, "It's going to," because I'm that I'm on that level that you think you are. So <laughs> that was uh that was good. And they they set up the next couple shows before the main event. We talked about the main event. It was Suzuki Moxley, and it was good. Like you would expect, they just they cut it short. Moxley gets the win, and you could just tell they were really short on time. So here's what they have set up for. Coming up, Friday Rampage, Andrade versus Pac. This was the match that was supposed to be at the pay-per-view. And apparently it is really good. Because remember, this is taped. Yes. Max Caster um, with Anthony Bowens versus Brian Pillman Jr. Darby and Sting respond to Tully. And Ruby, we get that women's tag that you mentioned. Ruby, Riho, and Statlander versus Britt, Jamie, and Rebel. Next week on Dynamite, Adam Cole versus Kazarian. Jade Cargill versus Layla Hirsch. Darby Allen versus Sean Spears with Sting in one corner, Blant Tully in the other. Those are okay. Yeah, I mean, let, you know, one thing that that women's casino battle royale. One thing, man, I see why we're not pushing Jade Cargill right now. She didn't look very good in that battle royal. Yeah. I, I, look, battle she can only royals, do. She's Omos. Yeah, battle royals are hard, man. They really are because you don't get a, you don't get very much time to be in the limelight and shine. So you you only get one or two little segments in the match where you can get yourself over, and she didn't. So th- there's there's probably the answer why she's not being pushed right now to be the because yeah, I know you and I had talked about her. She has the look, but some something's not, something's not clicking there yet with her in ring. We then move over to Monday Night Raw, and hey, here's the thing: people were. Were like frustrated because you know Sunday was all out so then Monday night Raw starts and Everybody is expecting them to be It to be like an actual Fight where on Monday WWE is going to come out and say okay Here's our punch boom it's like (laughs) No they're this is their Monday night Raw show They're not going to respond to AEW Having a big night On their Wrestlemania where they have a bunch of debuts What do you expect them to do I, I, don't under, I don't understand And then So people were oh how could I watch this after all out You know what They came out and this show And this is what they do sometimes they, they, get, they get lazy with the gauntlet match But at the very least We got to see a bunch of tag teams That we don't normally see with a lot of time They all got to shine They all had pretty solid interactions In, in this gauntlet They are obviously building around you know Orton and Riddle as sort of the main baby faces right now And those guys have actually been elevated all the way up to the main event And so now it feels like the combinations of Lashley and Orton 
Lashley and Riddle Riddle kind of in the middle with them We may end up getting a triple threat at some time Which would be cool Or maybe Randy loses And then Riddle has to face him next I'm kind of intrigued by all of it You got MVP there As you know the tag team So we'll likely have double matches uh, Coming up with these two I, I didn't mind The only thing I don't I didn't like about it was Stopping the match in the middle Split, yeah like The gauntlet it, The point of the gauntlet is to go straight through To go gauntlet, yeah And, and I, when I, you stop it in the middle It makes it, it doesn't seem as impressive For the New Day to last all the way through Or whatever, you know Right, and then come back They get a breather I didn't, li- I didn't like Pierce and, and Sonya Deville Coming out and doing that It kind of took it away But I was impressed I, I thought every team involved uh, Looked really strong And hey, look, man I love that Mace T-Bar went nuts I mean, this, at least they're not jobbing. Um, you know, I guess that's why they said, hey, let's stop the match so they can recruit, recoup. I, I Look, the, Kofi and Xavier, their tights was uh, paid homage to NWO uh, with the New Day Rocks, you know, looking like the NWO Wolfpack logo, the red and the black. Uh, they look strong. My only complaint, that's it, that it was split up. And I think, that this was supposed to be your main event, this tag team turmoil gauntlet match, and it didn't. Uh, but the ending was fine with me. You, you know, you got solid from the Viking Raiders. Gender, yeah, they look good. Yeah, you know, Veer, they look like they're kind of high on Veer because Gender keeps getting the pin, getting pinned yes. in, in a lot of these. Yes. So maybe Veer is someone who you know they're they're kind of intrigued on T Bar and Mace, like you said, they got to look at least badass. Hey. Lucha House Party came out there. This was WrestleMania for them for about it four was. minutes. Yeah, right? It was. <laughs> that was like, they were balls to the wall for like four minutes, gonna give you everything we've got. And that's how that's how it should be when you're on TV. If you're someone that doesn't get the chance up much and you get your opportunity, I'm gonna go out and make sure that you give me another minute next time. And and they did, yeah, they did a good job there. Um, and then after the T Bar and Mace beatdown was when they had to, to break it up and, and come back at the end. But Hey, at least it was different. It was. At least it wasn't the same exact thing over and over and over again. And at least there was a story to tell throughout the show. Those are my favorite episodes of of wrestling TV when there's like a storyline that goes on throughout the show. I I I the only complaint was the split. Other yep. than that, I, I thought it was very well done. Uh, you kind of had a feeling that Kofi and, and Xavier would would get there right to the end and would fall short. Um, and we already mentioned it. Look, when when Lashley and Omos faced off, that crowd was that were they in Miami? I think they were in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Uh Monday night. Yeah. Wherever yeah, Miami. Were. That's MVP. That's where MVP is. That's why they were oh. so hot for MVP. Yep. Man, wherever they were at, that that arena went nuts when those two when Lashley and Omos faced off. And Lashley just became an instant face just like that. The crowd was chanting his name. Uh, and of course, you know, when, when they win, Orton comes out or Orton's out there and I love, I love Orton and Riddle throughout this entire thing. They're, they're kind of sitting over there by the announce table and they keep doing this. Oh my God, I can't believe they kicked out. And they're kind of like, they're taking notes a little bit, I, you know, and Orton gives Lashley the RKO and the crowd pops there. I, look, job well done. It was different. It was well executed. I have no problems other than it been splitting up. And it was something different. And a lot of these teams look strong. The lost start of the tag team was brought back for one night on WWE and on Raw. And look, the last several Raws have been a lot better. I than agree. The previous- 
several months. So you people, get- and that's that's what bothers me is that people get caught up in lazy narratives. I don't do. I you know what? I I'm a maniac. I know that a lot of people won't do this. I watch every episode of all these shows that we're talking about. I watch every episode of all the shows that I'm talking about multiple times. I watch every race replay back for the horses that I'm I'm talking about. I watch the football games that are going to come on Sunday, on Monday and Tuesday. I go back on NFL Game Pass. You can watch rewatch every single play of the game in about 30 minutes without the commercials. They take all the commercials out. I go back and do that. I know it's crazy. I know you can't, but <laughs> at least I I at least feel like I watch these shows and there are good things that happen that people just act like don't happen. They, they'll, oh, well, that was, but did you watch the show? Well, no, I don't watch it anymore. Well, I, just I can understand the results. I just looked at Twitter. And I can understand that you don't want to watch the three hour show anymore. That's fine. But don't blast it. You can say, I didn't like it anymore. It wasn't for me. But you can't say that that particular episode the other day was bad if you didn't watch it. Like, how do you, I just, I don't know. How you can give an opinion on something that you don't watch? That's that's the one thing that I I, uh, I it makes me laugh. As um, Seamus and Drew, man, you know when they go at it, it is awesome, and they're definitely playing with this Drew losing streak, maybe a heel turn because Seamus gets the win, and we're gonna have Seamus versus Priest at the at uh, the pay per view at Extreme Rules following the match, Priest. Um, has a little little promo where he says he sees in a lot of matches and stuff, and his, that was a fight. This was a little WWE ish, you know. When when he when he gets to talk more on his own out in the ring, he's been okay. This one was a little eh, but man, the match was really good. Sheamus Priest should be very good again, and I'd imagine Drew is probably going to be sent to SmackDown when the, when we get that brand split. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're just teasing uh, a heel turn for him to go over to SmackDown and be heel or not, but they're definitely teasing a heel turn here. Uh, solid 15-minute match. It's what you expect. Um, you know, it was kind of weird seeing him lose and kind of like be a crybaby about it and, you know, kind of jump Sheamus there at the end. That that That's a that's a heel move there. So I, I kind of feel like we're, we're going to see a, a heel turn here with Drew. I, I, I'm okay with it. Um, I, I think we're going to get Damian and Drew here before maybe both of them get sent to SmackDown. I'm not sure. Maybe it's the the crown jewel card, but I think that's what we're heading here is Damian and Drew. And look, I I see Damian beating Sheamus again. And and if Drew doesn't get involved, maybe Drew comes out and and buries Priest. But that's what we're getting is Damian and Drew, I believe. Nikki Cross and and Rhea Ripley get the win. Like, I don't love this. I don't hate it. It's it's something for them to do. You know, it's Rhea probably shouldn't be buddy buddy with the happy go lucky baby face like this, but it's it's better than nothing. And it, them as the tag champs are sort of at least fresh because not like Natty and Tamina did a whole lot with them. Yeah, it, it's just it's frustrating because we see uh, or we saw uh, Tegan Knox and uh, I'm drawing a blank here uh, on SmackDown get moved up from NXT and defeat Natty and Tamina. And it's just three like, times I think they've defeated them, right? And right, and not we, gotten the, the the match. We saw we saw one vignette. We seen them win, uh, or at least Tegan did uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. No Tony Storm, I don't think. I think we saw her week before last in a vignette. I don't know what we're doing. Oh, she popped up now. in the back with with Ziggler this week. 
Yeah, that's that was I, weird. Yeah, that, that was, was weird. real weird. And, and look, if we're gonna get the titles off of them and Taria Nikki, it's just odd. Rhea tags herself in to get the pin there at the end. You know, it went ten minutes. I, I don't know. I don't know what good this is gonna do. It, it, it was a non-title match. I don't even know if it was one of those silly, you know, contender matches. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just okay, so I think they are weird. the new number one contenders, Nikki okay. and Rhea. Okay, so maybe. I mean, hopefully we get them to win, and then we get Shotzi and Tegan, right? That's, that's who it should be. Yes. Um, and that's what we should get moving forward. Uh, this is weird with John Morrison. I mean, so these two guys are two guys that should separately be getting pushed. Yeah. John Morrison, as a singles talent, and as a sort of like a baby face, he turned, he's, he broke up with Miz, and you got Cross, who's your new demolition guy that you're pushing, and... If you were going to do this with Cross, why did you know? Why did you have him lose those two matches? If you would have just had him come in and be like this from the very beginning, we would have never complained about it. So I don't. I mean, there's no word is, here. This no, is, this is bad. This I is don't bad. like. The, I don't like Moisty. I just no. think it's stupid. And now we see. Now we see why that Morrison and and the Miz are really not going to work a program. I don't, I don't know when the Dancing with the Stars. Uh, starts, but the Miz has been uh, named one of the contestants. Go Miz! I'm going to be Go calling Miz. you voting. You know yeah. I'm going to be voting. I'm going to break those voting not, records. I, yeah, I, I don't know how many rounds he's going to last, but you know I'll tune in just to make a fool of himself. But this was a two-minute, just moronic segment match combined that is just, it's really depressing for these two guys. It just really is. He- the thing that I think I liked the most on this show was, was the Raw women's title match with Nia and Charlotte. So <laughs> it goes from bad last week to okay. Yeah, to it this week. So they, they last week was such a mess that they they played into it. They yeah. said we don't know what's going to happen with these two. They may That's break down into do. a fight, and they don't like each other. Charlotte looked very different this weekend. Yeah. Really like thin. She's in like she's like a skinniest that I've ever seen her, but she's just. And she was acting different, sort of frustrated, pissed, and then she got into it. I I enjoyed that. The only thing that's weird is the the Shayna involvement, which I thought was kind of weird. So if if they want Shayna and Nia to be a thing, and then it looks like we're gonna have Charlotte and Alexa be a thing, that's okay. I just I don't know if you needed that to happen there, but hey, again, what I like this is a women the women's division now on Raw. Where at the very least we are going to have it looks like three storylines. Yeah. Shayna and Naya. We got Charlotte with Alexa and then the women's tag stuff. So they're not the best storylines, but at least there are a lot of opportunities for the women right now. Yeah, because if you look at their competitor who had one women's match, Ruby and Jamie, which was not very good. Um you got to give it to WWE with their women's division on all three brands. WWE or Raw, SmackDown, and they push them. Whether you like the matches or not, we saw Lana out there every week. Um, look, Alexa Bliss, we know she's not going to win the title. Maybe it'll be some kind of goofy, gimmicky match with Charlotte because uh, Charlotte is, you know, towers over her. But at least I'm glad that Alexa is back. At least she gets her match. but And we get some kind of Hey, why aren't I thought Alexa and Charlotte were going to have something here? And at least we got that. And I, I think yeah. Baszler and, and Nia probably will be an interesting feud, an interesting match. Physical, 
something we haven't seen. They, they needed to be turned. Shayna needs her own thing, and I think this is a good way to do it. I don't hey, think they needed them. to really get involved in this match, but no. she did and kind of gave the laughy smirk or whatever it is. So, you know, Charlotte Shayna would be a good build for me. I would. You could build that to a WrestleMania-type match yep. if you gave her, Baszler the chance to go with it. So we got a... Uh... A look at Reggie and everything that's been going on with Reggie. This was fine. Like was. this is what no the twenty four sevens championship is supposed to be. It was fun, and and we said it exactly. We didn't really want too many more weeks of Reggie out there, and so they got him back in the ring. They had him have a, a little bit of a match, an actual match with Tazawa, where he kind of flips around. He gets the win, and uh, I know a lot of people were upset because they the the twenty four seven title uh, folks following him around. Were Humberto Carrillo, Shelton Benjamin, Drew Gulak, Jeff Hardy was yeah. in that mix, following yeah. him around, which is really, <laughs> really crazy. <laughs> but good. you get Drake Maverick, who pops up, and he had been one of the more entertaining characters with this 24-7 title. So if we get an actual build to a match between Drake and Reggie, and we let these guys go a few minutes, they're both really solid in the ring. This this could be fun. Drake had fun with this, you know, and I Forgive me for saying it. I'm a little bit intrigued by what's happening with the 24-7 title. <laughs> Damn you, Chino. Damn you. I know. Uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like Drake Maverick. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, he's entertaining. He has been definitely undersized. But he, he and Reginald, if, if you gave them four or five minutes, you know, on Raw, you know, SmackDown or something, and I, I don't see that happening on SmackDown. Uh, probably on Raw. That's why you saw him on Raw. I am. I'm for it. I, I, I will be interesting to see it. And and Drake is, and he's always been a guy that that's interesting. Whether he was in Impact, remember he was with Dixie Carter. Uh, then he goes to NXT. He comes up. He goes back down. He comes back up again. Look, this is what the 24/7 title should be about. Not. I'm sorry. Not with our truth and wigs. Um, doing silly run-in and matches, people chasing him and blowing blowing out their Achilles tendon for it. No, this is what it's supposed to be, and let's hope that's you know that's let's hope that's not the last we see of Drake Maverick and this twenty four seven title check. Yeah, poor Dewdrop. You know, oh, oh god, this is it's another opportunity here to just come and say like I'm not Dewdrop. You know, yeah. and she said this is going to be a Dewdrop illusion for next uh-huh. week as they have a match. So we'll. Emotion or something uh, like that. I guess. <laughs> they picked back up with the uh, the gauntlet match, and uh, Mansoor and Ali end up getting the win, or uh, end up getting uh, getting uh, knocked out here by uh, by the New Day. As you know, Mon- you could see at this point the New Day was really hurt, and Mansoor didn't want to take advantage, but Ali did, and yeah. he kept trying. They end up New Day ends up getting the win here. Then they have to deal with AJ and Omos, which is a lot of fun. AJ and Omos uh, eliminate them. And the biggest pop of the whole night was the moment you mentioned that stare off where Omos and Lashley kind of stare off. The last 10 minutes I thought were really good, were really fun with the the end of the tag match. And then you got Riddle and Orton in the mix there. You got Omos there. Orton comes out of nowhere with an RKO. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm this, this Lashley feels fresh with this. Uh, the Drew stuff, was, everything he did with Drew was very good in the ring, but for some reason, it I don't know, it didn't like connect all that much. And then the Goldberg stuff was just, oh, no. The Kofi thing stuff was getting really good, but the, you could tell that that was just a setup for him. Lashley with Orton and with Riddle in here and then MVP, 
the four of them all kind of in a main event storyline. I'm I'm very invested in that. Yeah, we're, we're getting. Aren't we getting Orton and Lashley at Extreme Rules? Is that correct for the yep. Uh, yep. world title? Um, which leads up to probably Lashley and Goldberg at Crown Jewel, probably. Um, but at least until the midtime, we're, we're, we don't have somebody that we know doesn't deserve a title shot and gets a cheap number one contenders qualifying type match and is going to work Lashley in a meaningful and a less meaningful match at, at the next pay-per-view. Exactly. I, yeah. I'm fine with this. It's yeah. intriguing. It's something new. I, I thought it was funny that Orton on, on, on Twitter, I, I believe, said, you know, Lashley has gotten all, you know, it's been so long since he's gotten this RKO. He's going to get another one at Extreme Rules. You know, it, it's something good. Orton and Riddle have just been, you know, Riddle's been just major players. I don't want Riddle to kind of get lost here a little bit. Um, You know, we'll see what he has at Extreme Rules. I don't see him doing a singles with MVP. Uh, That wouldn't really make sense. So let's see what they do for Riddle. Let's see if, I I don't know where you put him in, where he fits at in this pay-per-view. If they're not defending those tag titles, because Orton's got a main event match, so. We'll see what see what I, they do with the riddle here. I think they both wrestle twice on that show. Do you? Okay. I think because it, it because that's a way, or I think so. Lashley so and Orton. Think we get that? Do you think we get that tag match? Lashley yes. and MVP again. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think that I, opens. I'm great with that. I say that, that opens Extreme Rules. The and tag it closes. Match. Sure. And then the close, and so you just have Riddle in his corner to you know help him in the in the in the main event spot. And what I don't think. Lashley would lose this match I don't I don't think so but There's a, a little bit of enough of a doubt In my head to where I would go wow If Orton won the Orton Riddle stuff would be fun that you could go with After you know sure. Um, sure. So there's at least a little tad In the back of my head that make would make me Think that hmm, or maybe Orton loses and then Riddle beats him or I don't know some, You just I, the dynamic with the two Of them there is very interesting especially With Riddle kind of being okay, like being so okay with Randy being the man. And you know? you've already had Goldberg in his last promo say, I don't care about the title, right? So you've got that little, okay, well, maybe Lashley Do that in Saudi Arabia with no title, right? Yeah. Boom. Right. Well, maybe maybe Lashley doesn't have the title when when, when you go to right. so Maybe Orton, I, look, these right. little maybe... pay-per-views will always surprise you. They always have with me. There, there's clunkers, believe me. There's some clunker WWE but some of these little odd ones, you know, that they that they have will surprise you. And this when you don't you. expect it, sure, then they deliver. And this, yeah, this one could be really fun. You're right. Maybe we get a Lashley and an MVP versus Goldberg and Gage. Sure. And the Sun, and you don't need the title for that. And yeah. that way, you build it up. That's at least more interesting than Goldberg and Lashley one on one again. You right. know, it's at least something different than that. Direct, uh, regardless. So. I have to mention this before we get into NXT. This was a tweeted by Brian Pillman Jr. just a few minutes ago. In a bizarre turn of events, the encounter between my pregnant sister and Maxwell Jacob Friedman sent my sister into contractions late last night. She's expected to have the baby early t- today or tomorrow, <laughs> which is crazy. That's hilarious. Fantastic. That is fantastic. so great to build that as part of the storyline. You know, we're going to next week. We're going to see the baby. Yeah, that was born. We're gonna find yeah. out the baby that was born. He's gonna say, "You almost my, you know, almost killed my sister or something like that." You know, like blah, blah, and he, this is gonna. You can't. <laughs> you know, like those are things that you just they drop down from the heavens sometimes. Yes. when yes. things are meant to be, and just like 
somebody gets an injury Like I just found out that I drafted Gus Edwards In five fantasy leagues and he tore his ACL Today it looks like for the Ravens so that's going to be A lot of fun you know um, <laughs> I, I, Just finding that out Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it but uh, But in this situation it's going to be Beautiful it's going to be much more for them To work with there as uh, We move to NXT Perhaps the final NXT of uh, of This era but what what is funny is that The show was really good It was and, and if if you didn't know that there was going to be a change next week, there's nothing about the way the show is booked or who wins and loses that would make you think things are going to be different. No, nothing. Hey, look, you, you had six. Uh, you had one interesting little match there with uh, Mei Ying and a, a jobber. She is tiny, but, huh? Yeah, yeah. she is tiny. But like, the other six matches from the opener to the main event, we saw the Creed brothers. Uh, they Which, were the ones They got that a lot of buzz, man. Coming out of they the show. Lot, they got a lot of buzz. I mean, and so they're not, if you see a team like them, how does that make sense to what people have heard about WWE and what right. they're going to do with NXT? That doesn't add up. It doesn't. I because don't know why you good, would debut them for one week and then never use them again. There's no way. They're they're obviously going to be used moving forward. And they're, they're literally in their singlets. Yes. So we were talking <laughs> about like, a company that doesn't want anything to do with pro wrestling. These dudes are in their singlets. They look. They, <laughs> it's Doctor Death. If like, poor Chucky Viola and Paxton Avril, I mean, tossed around. These, and <laughs> these guys are fun. They're just a yeah. little different. They looked good. Um, if you weren't someone who knew a whole lot about Kaylee Ray and you just watched that opening match, she looks great. She was. She it was great and, there. And a big shout out to Ember. Uh, if you know, if you've seen Ember on social media, she, you know, she had an injury last year where she couldn't move. She couldn't walk. And what ends up happening, you know, you get injuries like that. People don't realize you end up getting bloat because yeah. you can't move around as much. This happened to me even, or it, it happens to people when you're in the hospital for a long time too, because you just don't walk around. You're like sitting in the hospital bed all day long. You don't, your, your body starts to get weird. You get really weird bloating in like your, in your belly and like in your like right above, like underneath your low parts of your belly, and you yeah. know, even if you're not eating or doing a whole lot, it's it. And she got that. She showed pictures where she couldn't move, and she had all this weight that she just couldn't get rid of. She's lost, I think, thirty pounds or something. She said maybe even more. She looks fantastic. She's in the best shape of her life. And then after, she even said, "I got to make a change. Maybe we get a, a little bit of a heel turn for her." I enjoyed this very much. Yeah, the match was good. The promo was good. I, 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 I've been pretty vocal. I'm not the biggest Ember Moon fan, but uh, respect here. Uh, Kaylee Ray uh, was was strong. Ember Ember made her look good, even better. And then I like Moon's promo. It, it, look, it's going to be hard to see her as a baby face or as a heel, um, you know. But change is good with a character like that, and this is something that that. That NXT probably needs on their brand. They they need somebody heal <clears throat> a new heel that's been a face. We hey, could she pull it off? We didn't think Bailey could pull it off, and look, she did. So I, I think change is good for Ember here. She Ember, and the thing about Ember is one of someone who, if she does go heel, she has a lot of things she can say. She yes. she oh, like yeah. Bailey can literally just lean into how many times I got passed up by somebody else. 
And I got this and I got that And they lied to me here and I was supposed to be this And you know what I'm sick of it and I'm done with it And I'm going to do things my way from now on I love know? it and yeah, and yeah look I was chasing The 24-7 champion When I blew a hill out and Yeah I could see her being mean Look you don't have to be over the top to be, Right you, no. you just I, I think change is good and I like where they're going with her So that tells you right there Look that, that, yeah these shows were taped But we're not I, I don't think we're doing this for no reason No they They would have not had all these things happen I mean think about the The, the guys that are in the number one contenders match Yes right next week on a live show It's a number one contenders match with O'Reilly Why would you be pushing this guy Who's not big or who's small He's an indie guy Pete Dunn Pete Dunn Who's tiny And and then you got uh, uh, L.A. Knight That's going to also be in the mix there too And um, who's the fourth? Who am I missing? Uh, oh, Ch- Chompa Chompa, yeah Chompa who's small and has been an indie it, it has been like NXT indie guy forever So you're telling me three of the guys That would be in that match would be in that match if they weren't going to go If they were going to completely change And have all these huge dinosaur guys Talk about <laughs> Jurassic Park <laughs> Thank you for the save man Thank you for the save yeah. Right out of the bullpen Closer one two three Six pitches <laughs> but, uh, Man I, I I like this show The show was good again I mean so we're talking a little bit about the, the main The main event picture And Pete Dunne and his group of lackeys You got uh, Ridge Holland with him And I, I kind of think It's going to be Pete because it, it feels Like they're setting up that group is kind of You know it being an, an important Group here but the LA Knight promo in the car Was fantastic That was like star Studded stuff money, man. That is money I, I, I look on. I love Cameron Grimes I do Um and I love what Cameron did with LA with that million dollar champion. And then we see Cameron, uh, you know, with the with the bachelor party. But doesn't LA Knight seem like the bigger star coming oh, out of this? Oh yeah. And he gets thrust right into this main event picture in this number one contenders match. These promos the last two weeks have been incredible. And that's after a loss. That's after you lose that belt to a Cameron Grimes. LA Knight, man, that this this guy's a home run. Uh that what was that a white Corvette? He was driving. I, it was just fantastic. He looked like a million bucks. I think with, I think with him, when people saw how much he's improved his himself in the ring, or not even, yeah. I don't even know if improved is the right word, or just what that he's just capable with better of. Better talent. No offense. Yeah. Just better yeah. talent. You're right. He's capable of doing more than I think a lot of people thought he was in ring. You put him in there with someone like Grimes, and the guy can go. They had great matches. Now all of a sudden, you look at him and you go. Man, this guy might not be long for NXT. He feels like a star on the main roster, cutting promos he and does. just yeah. I, I mean, he that that segment was excellent. There was a lot of fun on this, man. I mean, we had the uh, the the index, baby. Index, index. First up, we see them out there at the bachelorette party, and it's Kate, it's Candice, Kaden, Casey, Mackenzie Mitchell, Mitchell, a couple others. She said she was lost before Dexter came into her life. She thanks Candice. Uh, Candace gives a speech and you know talks about how she didn't approve of Dexter, but now she realizes that she loves Indy and that's all that she can ask for. And she raises the toast as uh, Indy wonders what's happening uh, at the other party, and so they went. <laughs> they end up walking uh, off to to spy. I thought it was funny too. At one point, one of her friends, who's like her best friend, said she came all the way from Australia 
And somebody said, you came all the way from Australia for this? And she said, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to Disneyland too. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, which was, uh, which was good. Um, okay, so the next part, again, I have mixed mixed feelings here. Okay. I, I'm not going to the, – the booking of, of having Carmelo in this match to lose is a little weird to me because he just won this thing. Yes. And, and why yes. would he lose? Although, right. like, Santos is good, and this match was good. These really two good. guys are both excellent, and I don't think it. I don't think it's like a burial. In fact, it may be actually what ends up elevating Carmelo into the sort of North American title picture, because maybe he uses his shot here, and it's him, and maybe I don't know if Santos wins from Swerve, or maybe the three of them are involved. I'm not sure. I love the match. I like Carmelo. I don't know if I liked him having to lose this, but. If he's going to be elevated from it, then I'm okay with it. And man, every time I see Santos, he's just damn good. He's so oh, good, dude. Man, I, I he needs to be on Mondays or Fridays, definitely Fridays. But I, I'm just afraid that he wouldn't get a whole lot of chance to. I know work some of these matches, so I, I'm okay with him just staying on Tuesday nights. I'm with you. I, I didn't like Carmelo losing here, but at the same time. Who did he lose to? You know, you 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 lose to a badass. But I, I just I think it did take a little steam away from Carmelo. But I also think it kind of like, all right, look here, kid, you're not there yet. Just because you won the tournament, you're not there yet. But I did overall. I, I did not. I, I just I didn't like him losing here. I, I think you're okay with putting him in another storyline or another match. But at the same time, playing devil's advocate. To myself, the match was really good, and I yeah. think it was okay that he took an L here. Yeah, good match. We'll see where they end up going uh, moving forward with him. Uh, and then it was the Creed brothers who we talked about. Yeah. Everybody was pumped, pumped about that. They are part of the Diamond Mine, so maybe this is what will really get the Diamond Mine to perk up a little bit. These yeah. two guys can maybe add a little intrigue to to this um, this stable as they pick up the victory there. And EO and Zoe, no, please. It's just a train wreck. Just awful. It is. The EO, Zoe, I mean, there's so many talented women, and EO is so talented and could be on the main roster as a legitimate singles title contender. And all this stuff with Zoe just feels so forced. They have, they keep playing the same, you know, we're not friends, and they have their arm raised after. Uh, there to tag, not there to tag. It's just the same trope they go to over and over, and they're not even entertaining with the with it. Like at least Rhea and and Nikki, you kind of get a little cute laugh here and there at the two of them, or it makes you smile a little bit. There's a none of that. The Riddle and Orton stuff is legitimately funny. This is just for a roster that has so many women, and these two women are both good too. Stark was doing fine stuff when she was, you know, having these tough matches and losing and. I don't I don't like this for for them. Both of these women's tag titles right now are aren't in very good places. No, and this one should be because it's been in pretty good um and now it's uh it, it's not good. It, it's their promos have been awful. Um tell there's genuine not heat. I'm not saying that. There's just it's not comfortable watching them. And I I don't know they're not comfortable doing it. I don't think Zoe Stark needs any type of uh, any type of uh, storyline that involves someone uh, that's you're 
tag partners with, especially a tag champion, and you're not getting along with, both of them had fine momentum. I, I know. No problems at all. And then, what was it? Uh, EO said she was going to go away for a bit. It was like kind of like KO. And then all of a sudden, she's back the following week. And then they win the tag titles, what, a couple of weeks later. So this has just felt off. And this 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 was a bummer for me. This this was a low point of the night for NXT for me. Yeah, Mandy, Gigi, JC attack Cannizzaro and Carter afterwards. So um, we'll likely see more there as we head to the bachelor party. <laughs> as we see uh, Loomis, Johnny Gargano, Drake Maverick, Odyssey Jones, and a zombie referee riding in a limo. And uh, Gargano asks who's paying and. He says he's not paying for any of it And then Grime, they pick up Grimes He's paying for everything They go, go-kart racing Then they're doing the axe throwing Where it's like, they have a, they share this moment In the axe throw, you know Like Gargano and, and Dexter uh, Do, and then they're Jumping around at the trampoline park They're playing laser tag The girls are, sc- are spying on them And it, it uh, you know, we see That Gargano and Loomis Are becoming Friends and uh, we're we're getting ready For the big wedding next so week I, I had a lot of fun with these Yeah that leads me to this question WWE weddings are always a mess They end up in a mess We've seen so many of them How do you what what do you how do you see this one Panning out because now we're NXT Wedding people so, are saying that Beth Phoenix is going to ruin it really? and, I don't know, and I was like wow I, I, I saw that online I think on Wrestling Inc I saw a couple people saying that and I was looking And a, a few people were running with it and I, she is just so excited about the wedding all the time and talking about it. And I'm going to be there and I love this. And she's so into the storyline that it would kind of be funny if she was the one to ruin it. But I don't, you're right. It doesn't, it's, it's going too good to be true right now. Something's going to have to come in and ruin this. And is it just as simple as it's Johnny and Candace have a plan to sabotage it? Or is it something or someone else? I do know that we got a wedding next week. On NXT TV And NXT is going to have the the new look And it's going to start with a bang With a wedding And we get a Okay so this is this is weird too What they've done with Frankie Monet Now she's going to be in a women's title match Against Raquel Gonzalez And yes yeah. What's funny is Yeah I think I wouldn't be shocked if she won that match She doesn't have any build But if like on the night where you're starting new And you want to make a splash And you want to do something big I wouldn't be shocked And you have Raquel chase as the baby face Or maybe you bring Raquel up If you like Raquel Like I would not even be shocked if that was the case But Raquel does seem like a good person To carry this title for a while This just seemed very weird The way that they they kind of threw this in quickly yeah, and I think they get the time. I, it just feels like a title change moment. Uh, I, I just felt like Monet has kind of been the one, and they probably you're, you're change the brand in a There's so much to talk about in wrestling nowadays. That <laughs> phones, and computers plugged in, they're gonna die because we're gonna be going on <laughs> long talking about everything happening is uh, in NXT, which was was funny. So. Um, yeah, we were talking right before you, you cut out a little Was Monet And I, I, this feels weird, right? This does feel like I would not be shocked If she, if they put it on her The, the build and, and getting there may not have been linear But I got a weird feeling that she might get a, a run here I, I think she does I, I've kind of felt this way when um, that 
I love the direction. It just, it's a weird that it's a one week build and that's what kind of makes me nervous a little bit about it. But at the same time, you know, 50-50 talking out of both sides of my mouth. It wouldn't surprise me if Raquel, you know, gets us a, a squash type. I, I just think Monet, yeah, look, if the rumors are true and we're changing some stuff, I could see a title change here and Raquel going. Yep. As uh, Mei Ying looked very tiny, but <laughs> Mei Ying gets the, the win here. And uh, we already spoke about the uh, LA Knight uh, um, promo, which was, was very good. And Chompa cut a little bit of a promo too. And he talked about Goldie, which got people excited, uh, wanting to win his uh, his title back. So, hey, everybody at least cut their promos to make them feel like legitimate contenders who have a shot to win this thing. So we got, you know, we heard from O'Reilly earlier. We saw the the segment from L.A. Night, and we, you know, we we got Pete Dunn, you know, all throughout the show here, and then Champa. So, you know, everybody's got their, you know. Their legitimate claim Everybody really except for LA Knight <laughs> You know like claim <laughs> to having a, 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 You know a, a voice In this match and to, to being in here So we'll see who ends up becoming the number one contender Next week um, in, in a good a Good main event match I mean this was Really really oh. good Awesome stuff MSK gets the win And then afterwards the Pete Dunn and Holland Actually go after Birch and Logan surprised and they go after Logan and Birch also and so they stand tall Dunn and Holland standing uh, stand tall afterwards so everybody this is everybody looked pretty strong like all the the contenders this week moving forward for uh, the number 1 contenders match next week and I I didn't get the feel that it's going to be a totally different show next week because they have stuff planned that are a lot of these people from the old NXT so I'm very intrigued, and I do think NXT will get a good rating because I think a lot of people are going to tune in to see the what change. any of the yeah. changes are going to be. Yeah, uh, I don't think they will start changes. I, I think we saw the new logo. We're seeing a new way. Uh, what is that? Capital Wrestling Center is going to be laid out. It looks like some things may change there. I, I don't know how much they could change it, but we kind of see a a new layout like a bowl uh in the in the center and the surrounded by it so i don't know how much more they could change that but i i, I think the ratings are going to improve just for the simple fact that people say okay let me see what it's all about and here's their chance you know here's their chance to run with it i think you're going to get solid matches uh i, I think Monet winship, you probably get some people that are upset uh, because you do have some NXT homers like you do the AEW homers. But look, changes changes for the better. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. We talked about it for the thing of this show, and we're talking about it at the end of it. It's uh, it, it's something that that has to be done sooner or later. And though we love what NXT has been doing, their rates have not improved. Um, they were only six hundred thousand so, this last yeah, week. Not, yeah, that's not good. That that's wow. the lowest it's ever been on sci-fi, and uh, there, there's no excuse for that. So I know a lot of people have given up on it, but I do I do see a bump. I just you know if you're gonna change, let's stick with the change and ride it out. Don't don't just start you know you know crumbling up scripts and throw them out the window. And have a plan. Yeah, have and a stick plan. with it. 
And then stick yeah. with it and give it a little bit of time. It's not going to be overnight. Everything doesn't happen immediately. It's not all instant gratification. Let's have a little bit of a plan. Let's see what that plan is next week. NXT. There's a big Friday night SmackDown show coming up this week, though. Make sure to tune in to that one. There should be a lot, st- a lot of stuff with Lesnar showing up. You're going to get uh, uh, Seth versus Edge on that show also. So that'll be a, a good amount of, uh, of really like high-level stuff on SmackDown. Koopa Loop, my man, it was another loaded week. Thank you so much for helping us out, and thank you for joining us each and every week. Look forward to seeing what's been happening with all the buzz with AEW, with WWE, Raw, SmackDown, and the brand new NXT next week. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? You know, these other little promotions, uh, I shouldn't say little. I mean, uh, Impact is is on Axis, basically. Um you know, if you're a wrestling fan, there's there's no shortage of content uh, from NWA, Power on Fight, you know, Impact, Ring of Honor has a pretty big pay-per-view this Sunday night, uh, Death Before Dishonor. I know uh, they've signed several new women, uh, women's talent from Texas, like Miranda Alizé. Uh, she's in the finals of the Quest for Gold tournament. So, th- look, there's no shortage. So, uh, give, you know, if you got a chance, give some other the other promotions a shot and, and see if you like it. If not, you know, there's always WWE. And we will do that here each and every week. If there is something to bitch about, we will bitch. But hey, if there is something to praise, we will praise it Absolutely. as well. Yeah, that's what you will get consistency from us here. We're going to yell and scream just as much as we will laugh and get a kick out of something that is goofy as these bachelorette, bachelor parties, or Reginald jumping around. <laughs> if we think it's funny and well done, it doesn't matter. We'll We'll let you know. Each and every week right here on Wrestling with Chad Cooper On That's What G Said Give him a follow at the Chad Cooper on Instagram At the Chad Cooper on Twitter And you'll hear from him every single week Coop Loop, you said you had a football play last week Do you have anything this week you like? Man, let me tell you I'm You, glad gave, us, you, you gave me a winner last week <laughs> Hey, I'm glad you asked Look, there are two games uh, One of them, you're as Trojan <laughs> Look, 17 points a lot to get. That that line opened 14 and now it's jumped to Stanford is horrible. They've been horrible against the spread. This is a conference game. Hey, I I, I, I like the home favorite here, even though double digit. I, I think USC played okay in their opener, but now it's time to step up and I think squash the competition. And I like two you talk about two programs. F, uh, what, FBS, FCS, horrible, horrible program. Vanderbilt and Colorado State. Vanderbilt lost at home. An SEC to East Tennessee State, 23-7. to They on the road this week at Colorado, who lost at home last week by three touchdowns to South Dakota State. Guess what? Vandy is getting seven points. You know what? I don't need the point. I don't want the point, you know. You'll take them. I'm going to take the points. <laughs> USC minus 17. Vandy plus 7. Lock it in. Koopa Loop scoops Koopa Loop, and he's dropping some college football plays for you this week. Thank you so much, buddy. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you again next week. We'll see you next week, Gino. Folks, do not go anywhere. Still plenty more on That's What G Said. Koopa Loop, my man. Great stuff from Koop. Always uh, prepared. Always ready to throw down and share his opinion, positive, negative, whatever it is in the world of wrestling and sharing some uh, some football plays with us this week too. So thank you to Chad, a big thank you to Eric for helping us out and hopefully we can uh, make you a few bucks over at 
Woodbine on Friday, Century Mile or Kentucky on Saturday, a little Sunday Kentucky action. Don't forget about those live streams if you want to hang out with us on Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern Time at BTV Bets or it's me, Gino B. Then on Sunday morning, you can hang out with us again at 11 a.m. Eastern Time where we go through the full slate of the Sunday NFL All those are totally free to follow in their video so you can see this beautiful mug out there bright and early Sunday morning, 11 a.m. at BTV Bets or at It's Me, Gino B. You can click along, follow that live stream. We'll give you all up-to-the-date information for all the Sunday games this weekend, NFL Week 1, one of my favorite days. Nothing like that first Sunday where you kick back you watch all the games, you got a bunch of fantasy stuff going on, some DFS, you got a couple bets here and there, you got a couple mimosas floating around because it's early on the West Coast. That's going to be me on Sunday. Hope you all have a great weekend, folks, and we'll be back next week where we recap NFL Week 1 and get you all set up for NFL Week 2.